Dr. John DeMoyer, you achieved your PhD at Princeton University. Joined Seoul National University in 2018 as professor of Korean history. You're the author of the book Reconstructing Bodies, Biomedicine, Health and Nation Building in South Korea since 1945. It's nice to see you again, sir. Thanks very much. Nice to see you. Nice to be here. Yeah. We last saw each other at a conference um, there with Honik Gwon. Yes, yeah. December of last year. Yeah, last year, Tanner yeah. Rogers, who was yes. also on this. Fabulous people there. Um, I want to talk about history today okay. with you, John. Um, history is one of the most contentious issues here in Northeast Asia. And based on the last episode, I've discovered that it's one of the things that I sometimes, ashamedly perhaps, self-censor on because I'm aware of the emotions and sure, everything sure, sure, that sure. goes round. And I also want to be respectful to a country that I love uh, very much and has given me a great home. Before we explore some of the what's and the why's of history, can I ask you to start very generally, broadly, by asking what is history? Because on the way over here, Yunso was sort of telling me, wow, I thought history was just facts and things like this. Now, one of my favorite books is What is History by E.H. Carr. Sure. That was banned here for a I, while. Uh, yeah, yeah, out of curiosity, um, during, like when? During Chunduan and... I believe it was banned until, yeah, Chandu one time, until about okay, 1988. I get it. I get it yeah. in the sense that it was asking for a version of history that was, yeah. I, th I believe it was featured as well in the film, uh, the Nomu Hyun film, Pyonosa, okay. uh, lawyer as well. They, they made sure, a sure, sure. Like that. So that's E.H. Carr's version. What's John DeMoya's version? What is history, John? Okay, sure. And I'm actually going to go a little bit into my background just to answer the fact yeah. that I have a very loose or at least um, more contingent relationship with history. Mm. Um, I became a historian very late. Um, I started only at the PhD. I did not do a bachelor's in history. I did not do a master's. In, oh, I did the master's in history in the course of the PhD. So um, that's the first thing. I came to it very late. I was a lit major. I did a lit undergrad, um, have a lit and also a linguistics MA, started the lit PhD. Mm -hmm. All things which I advise if anyone's doing a grad, think of doing grad work, rather, don't do what I did. Um, <laughs> no, because you end up. But anyway, you know, so that's the first thing. The second thing is I'm trained actually as a historian of science, which is even a more tiny specialty within history, mm -hmm. um, which makes it a little more specific. Then to try to get to the question. Um, they actually asked us this question or a variation thereof uh, the first year of my grad program. And we were asked like, to provide a model, so I'll do that, and then I'll try to riff mm -hmm. off of it. Mm -hmm. I used then Ted Porter's Trust in Numbers. He's a senior historian of science at UCLA. He's probably just about ready to retire. Mm. Um, it's all about how quantification in the 17th and 18th century becomes a very big uh, part of um, European daily life through statistics, um, mm. through bureaucracy, census, practices like this. So to get to the question, um, I definitely don't have an expansive uh, epistemologically based view like Carr, certainly, or I mean, I could, without being forced, but I mean, I would answer the question by saying, I really find history and what I am interested in history to be tiny little things in everyday life that you might not necessarily um, latch onto, but mm -hmm. that you kind of, and it's why I ultimately became a historian of medicine primarily, mm -hmm. and then I branched out since. I'm trying to think to give you an example. Um, no, I, I know, because situated in Korea. Even, um, I'm forgetting the title of the book, but Don Clark, um, author of Living Dangerously in Korea, mm -hmm. also has a wonderful book of missionary photographs of some of the first medical encounters. A lot of these, of course, come from Severance and Song Shil Day. But the ones from the end of the 19th century mm -hmm. and into the early 20th century, where you have, perfect, uh, a Korean uh, wearing the horsehair hat, mm -hmm. some version of cloth, and but having a stethoscope put to their chest. 
that's more medical anthropology, but I still historically, what, what is that encounter? What Because mm. I feel it myself sometimes when I go through the Korean medical system, even though I'm usually familiar, but having obviously a doc, a Korean doctor do this to me, I'm really interested in trying to reconstruct what those actors on what level they what they thought they were experiencing, mm. uh, how they how they thought about it, and again, I'm sure anthropologists would like to claim that ter- but territory, but I'd like to claim some of that for history as well. Mm. Um, so, so, sorry to get to the ultimate mm. question again. Um, history for me is material practice, um, smaller things. I tend to be less interested, although I, it's important, in bigger ideas, bigger strategies. Um, yeah, in that first book, and also in stuff I work on now, I'm really interested in what objects Korean encountered on a daily... I'll, I'll give you one other example. It's not my work, but if I can shamelessly promote the work of a colleague yeah. who's at Chumbuk Day, uh, Tao Kim, he's for years been interested in the Korean typewriter and Korean keyboards and how Hangul interacts with the technology of largely the Western typewriter, but gets Koreanized in all kinds of interesting ways. Mm-hmm. And in a similar way, I have never worked on it, but I talk about it in class sometimes, I have a colleague who left academia and works for Google who got really interested in how do you make and translate Hangul into ASCII characters. So in other words, the computer version of that. Mm. So when I do like a little bit of computer history with my students, I always try to talk about like literacy and keyboards and recognizing that it's not all English and that actually for about 120 years now, Koreans have been thinking about keyboards and how, and, and then of course you get into the arguments of how then that does affect your, your brain and the way you write and the way you yeah. think. Yeah. And usually students get it. So yeah, I mean, that's another example of a material practice that you don't always yeah. look at it firsthand and think about it, but then when you start thinking about it, you realize there's all kinds of decisions are being made. I remember my first phones, you had yeah. to build the Hangul characters. Oh, I didn't know that, but it makes sense. Now it's all, there's the Mium, there's the Mium. Yeah, yeah, the yeah it does it automatically. You actually had to build oh, them. Stroke it was, by stroke. Yeah, wow. it was Lego. It wow, was, okay, that's... Uh, you give that to a young person today and they'll look at you and go, Precisely. Okay, then if, if I can really quickly, um, yeah. I was here in the 90s when I taught English at YBM. I don't remember that, I have to admit, but I do remember um, when everyone had a beeper. Yeah. And coming from America, I'm sorry, the beeper context was of a different industry yeah. and a different set of transactions. It's like drugs. Yeah. So when I got here in Korea and everyone had a beeper, I was like, it can't be. It's got to be something. And then it turned out it was just the medium of communication. Yeah. I'm fascinated yeah. by the image of a, a yangban with a stethoscope around his neck. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually thinking of one particular picture. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. have the the book is something like, uh, you know, but again, it's it's Clark getting access to Christian mission photographs, mm. and again, the the majority of them are early 20th century, but some of the late 19th century, so 1880s, you know, the first medical encounters. Yeah, and yes, at least one of them is a guy with his gown partly in the stethoscope, and he just has this look on his face, not. Not this is terrifying, but more just like, what's going like, like what's going yeah, on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I love that image. Because I've read so much about sort of religious encounters and then nationalism encounters and technological sure, encounters sure. between sort of the Western missionaries, people coming over, and then the people of Joseon, but how the medicine encounters oh, yeah, and, and to, to type on that for just a minute, yeah. um, I don't work that particular vein, but colleagues who do the first, like uh, Sonia Kim at Binghamton does exactly. Um, yeah. Korean um, uh, nurses assistants nursing and exactly it's it's heavily through the uh, mo- most Koreans who encounter pre Heibang Western medicine if it's not the Japanese colonial system which is what you don't mm-hmm. want mm-hmm. it's through exactly missionaries wow I mean prim- primarily I make it there and so there are definitely people who work exclusively that vein you know from like 1890 to about 1930s 1940s which then makes me curious about the the medicine system before that 
whether sure. it was all sort of hanyak and putting dum on, or, or is that a more modern thing? Um, because all the time, if I say I'm feeling tired, Korean family members will come up to me and give me like a ginseng drink, and they've sure, got sure, herbs sure. and pills for everything these days. Um, but I wonder what it was like pre. Sure, I would be on other people's turf, but just to speculate, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The well, e- easy. The, the name to refer to if anyone's interested, particularly in Korean language, uh, Shin Dong Wan, who is also at Chungbuk Day, has written endless number of texts, uh, mm. cholera uh, on the Dongi Bogam, mm. you know, so from the 17th century forward, mm. and some version of post Dongi Bogam, which is early 17th century, of Han Hak. But in terms of the material practice, that's exactly where I, I don't know. I'm, mm. I'm following these guys and basically acknowledging because I don't read classical Chinese. Um, to what you were saying, it's where, where it's really interesting to me moving forward a little bit is exactly is when you get from the second half of the 19th century, mm. where you have that whatever version of Hanwihak exists, Japanese colonialism coming in, mm. mission medicine coming in, mm. and you get these weird hybrid, and that, that maybe that's part of the answer. Maybe it is a hybrid encounter all the way. Um, yeah. The one person, again, I can think of is um, uh, Theodore Junior at Yonsei. What a guy. Yeah, he's probably on a totally different vein now. But yes. book two was It's Madness. Yeah. And he tries to exactly do the same I mean, the same type of jumping bridge that I like where he does um, what is it like to deal with a shaman, uh, what a mudong. Mm. And then the first generation of psychiatrists, which are primarily, as he argues, and I buy this, um, in the 30s, if you're seeing a psychiatrist, uh, it's not. Okay, there might have been a few Koreans going to see one, but it's more likely you were arrested by the colonial system and you're encountering a police person who, instead of sending you immediately to jail, is saying, why did you kill your husband or spouse? Or, and those, uh, love suicide, why did you try to commit suicide? And that gap between dealing with a shaman and dealing with the, a Japanese-trained psychiatrist is not... Well, actually, those things could have been simultaneous, but, it, yeah. but it, like thinking chronologically, it's only the end of the 19th century to yeah. about two or three decades later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, that, that's the stuff that really fascinates me, and I'm only really limited by linguistic gaps where my Japanese is just basic enough and, yeah. my, and my, my classical is non-existent. So that's primarily why I tend to go in the direction to the present. But I, mean, I love reading that stuff and, and grappling with it. Um, yeah, Theodore is cr- such a good writer as well. Yeah, this oh, is no, a absolutely. Weird, weird tangent, but I, yeah, I think it's Zambia at the moment. He's creating metaverses. He's digitally okay. contizing, yeah, yeah, no, creating. This... But what he's also doing is getting like condoms from Seoul from the 1980s. He wants like 88 Olympics condoms, but he wants to create a metaverse version of it. So he's okay. getting all of these things and trying okay. to digitize them. I was them. just going to say, what he, what I got from him apocryphally about two years ago was he said something about, I'm doing games now, I no longer doing Korean studies. Yeah. So that must be a more detailed version <laughs> of it. And I've been back here six years now. Yeah. I have physically seen him once, but we email all the time. So yeah. it's just like he's, he's really busy, as, as, yeah. um, as you probably know, too. Um, the silo nature of academic life tends to be you live in the same city or you're even on the same campus. Mm. But you see each other once every six months yeah. because 300 meters over there and I'm supposed to hang out in my department and not talk to other people. The, no, and you get busy. Things happen. Yeah, yeah. And it, I, I miss his work, things like It's Madness. and Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's how great. I knew him when he was still at Hawaii um, from me running up at conferences because there are not that many of us who do Korean medicine. Mm-hmm. And probably I even met him 
going on first memories, maybe 2010 or 2011, when I was still in Singapore, mm. probably at a conference when he was working on that book where he said, like, I read some of your stuff. And I was like, what? You know, the first, <laughs> you're like, and then you realize, oh, wait, we actually, now, because at that time I was thinking of him as primarily as the gender scholar of the first yeah. book. So I was like, why would you do that? Yeah. And all, I, it is weird when people, especially now, when you get grad students from other places who tell you, like, you know, I look up your dissertation and you're like, why would you do that? Don't do that. <laughs> you were just mentioning shamans. Um, sure. Have you been to one? Have you seen one? Any any thoughts on these shamans? Because it's weird that the Koreans kind of, they want to hide that a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, they're, they're... I, I have not personally, but yeah. obviously in the literature, besides yeah. Junyu, um, Laurel Kendall, and yes. tons of stuff, and the reinvention yeah. of shamanism in, yeah. in, in the 80s forward. And I taught a class, it's already been back a year and a half, so it was fall 22, not 23, mm. on Korean religion where we read Laurel Kendall and several other things. So, yeah, no, um, know the secondary literature. Yeah. Um, uh, would love to um, see and experience it. Now, the only thing I can say now, by analogy mm-hmm. is when I worked on the first book, um, one of the people who figures in the book, and this is where I'm terrible because it's oh, I'm going to blank on the full name, but it's Mr. Beyond, I apologize. I'm going to Byung San Hoon maybe, but Mr. Beyond. I was looking at the guy in the colonial period, but to see the family, yeah. the then either, I, I may be skipping a generation, it was either grandson or great-grandson, so this is 2006, uh, let me meet him in his nice Gangnam area office, mm. uh, said you can come down to the clinic, which I found out was legitimate and you know where they run the family compound um, uh, outside of Taejeon. Mm. And um, there he definitely had the patients that were living on site where he was growing the herbs and actually doing a lot of the preparations versus the soul clinic, which was clearly his other side. Yeah. And I can't remember whether he was a Kyungi grad or Wong Kong, okay. but he's one of the modern, you know, yeah. those guys and just seeing the gap. And I guess the other thing that really interested me was, oh my goodness, the family documents. Um, I only ended up talking just exactly to, to frame of Here's this figure of who couldn't take the, the exams because the Japanese truncate the system. But I know the thing he used that he let me scan that I've always used. Mm. I knew these existed, but it's the only time I've ever held one in my hands. He had the senior figures, Migunjung ID from 47, yeah. uh, showing that he had been classified by the Americans as a Chinese herb doctor. And then when he had let me have the CV, I mean, handwritten, so you have to, uh, but it similarly showed that the Japanese had never authorized him, but did every couple years a survey where they'd be like, okay, you're doing the medicine in the countryside, Mm. seems to be going okay, we don't really have a priority here, so keep doing what you're doing. Which shows in a weird, interesting way, the strong parallels between the, the Mikunjung system and the Japanese system mm. in a way that also for Koreans must have been like, because I've heard this later in other interviews. Um, so there's been a complete replacement of military authority, but actually in terms of practice, you guys are not that different. <laughs> uh, and which which leads to the persisting negative image of medicine through at least probably the early part of the Korean War mm-hmm. bef- before things start to change. Yeah, wow. In any case, yeah, no, that that's my only encounter. Well, anyway, I remember what he did. He definitely, I, mean, I never asked him, but he like had me like, eating and drinking things in the course of like a 10-hour visit down there and outside of Taejeon, where I'm pretty sure he was more testing me to see if I was willing to try it. But mm. I'm, it was clearly how me hawk motivated stuff. Yeah, he's, like, yeah. he's like looking at me, he's like, he's like, he's like, drink this, eat this. And I'm like, okay, this is part of the... So, um, and I would also, I, yeah, that's, I, I hang out with lots of medical anthropologists. Mm. I've been back here a while. I would love to, okay, I don't want a plastic surgery, <laughs> but I would love to um, at some point uh, go through a Mudong experience just to be able to document it mm. and similarly for a more prepared for Hanwe hack thing. And to be honest, I just did my, um, I haven't gotten results yet, but I just did my uh, soul day annual physical a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And that was, I had not done the 
non-office, but the clinic thing with the, I mean, if it, 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 I, screen friends later told me this is normal. It's almost like the spa. You go up and you put on that. Yeah, so I, it's over at, um, oh, what is it, Yolksam Station? So yeah. they has a hospital up there. And and so and you, it, it, really, it was obviously much nicer than I expected. I was just sitting there going, now I can see why people get into this. Yeah. Just music. You're just kind of relaxing. Then they're like, number five, you. And then you're in there for 30 <laughs> seconds, and then you just go through the whole. Yeah, so that in itself, I was sitting there going, wow, I don't think they'd like this, but I should actually write about this. Yeah. It's amazing the focus on health. They tell us, you yeah, know, yeah. I have to do it every couple of years. Precisely. And... That's why I, I, I guess I'd been putting it off, and they weren't. They yeah. didn't say I had, but they're like, they're like, you're, they're like, you really should. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And I, I get messages now from the hospital saying you're over forty, come in for a cancer screening. Precisely. It's free and do all this. It's amazing. That I, they, no, they're, they're reaching out to you, saying yeah, yeah, yeah. you should take care of this Pre -precise, in, precisely in a nice way, and it's medically and financially available. What I always find fun in these uh, health tests is when they do my eye test, when your vision. Sure. I can generally read to the bottom of the thing. Okay. Which they can't believe. And they look at me and they look at my red eyes and my droopy bags and okay. they're like, no, 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 this one. And then no, I read it I had, again. I had the complete opposite <laughs> experience. Um, that was one of the ones where well, uh, they said, because uh, you know, they do have you bring your prescription glasses. Yeah. And I can only yeah. do like one or two lines. Okay. And she's like, so those are reading glasses, right? You don't have your. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I was like, oils with people toe. I've always had weak eyes. Yeah. I'm like, I, 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 and I realize it more and more probably these are, I think, so this would have been still in Singapore so 15 or 16 when I got these they were like that we still can't get you to like where and so I think it's even pro and again another almost 10 years of life you got those glasses when you were 15 16 no 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 glasses I've had since fourth or fifth grade yeah okay, it was one of those okay. things the classic thing I'm sitting in the back and the teacher's like you can't read anything up there yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it happens have you been to a shaman you or do your friends talk about mudang or, or these or is that a thing at all is, yeah um, is, is that something or not is it scary as I remember like now, like current President Yoon was accused by sticking to shamanism, yeah, like, yeah. the Hanja, the Chinese character on his palm yeah. to make him stronger, kind of thing. Okay. So, it was yeah. King, wasn't it? Wang yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And me and my friends were talking about, okay, like that's that's giving like elementary school playthings, but yeah, for us, shamanism is not a very reliable thing. It's mm. more of a myth, mm. just a story. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, yeah, it is. Okay. Korean people like reliable things. If you're going to do something, you want yeah. that. It's got yeah. to be efficient. If, if so, I could yeah. throw the one other out there yeah. to that, I like. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the hybrid nature, where I also encountered not myself, but seeing it in others. Hanwei Hawk was um, when it was at Sogong. One of my teachers had the chim in her ankle from mm. soft tissue injury, not bone break, probably mm. toward ligaments or something. Mm. And that I remember too saying like, like, why, why do you have that wrap and those little things sticking out? And she was like, so I know at least this is again 15 years ago, but I still think probably Koreans. Uh, I'm in my late 50s, and so my Korean's a little bit younger than me, around the same mm. age. A lot of them will be comfortable with for back pain, yeah. uh, wrist pain, mm -hmm. with doing both. I'll take aspirin, but I'll also have chim. Why not cover all my bases here? Yeah. And yeah, I don't even know mentally the process of like, do I think this one's reliable, but this isn't. Mm. It's more like, what will work? Um, the best, I had a friend who, um, I, wow, it's exactly almost 15 years because the daughters would be teenagers now. When his wife had twins, uh, her spine obviously had to mm. accommodate that. And she found that the epidural and other things after didn't help the lingering pain. So she had um, an extensive series of uh, things with chim and the full placement of mm. acupuncture. And she said that was much better in terms of pretty quickly alleviating. Mm. Mm. And if it works, that's the most important yeah, thing. Yeah, precisely. And that yeah. may, I mean, you play with the usual. Which one was panacea? Which one yeah, wasn't? Yeah. I'm not worried about the efficacy. Yeah, if it's efficacious, as they say, mm. it works. Yeah. That's all. By yeah. the way, I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm. There are like shamanism mythic Korean grandmother 
um, cures in mm. countryside. Okay. Because like in the old. What does that mean? Yeah, like <laughs> for example, if you got um, something in your eye, sure, like, like acne or something sure, like sure, that. Sure. Then they would like pull out one eyelash from that and put it in the ground and like stomp on it like okay. three times or something, and then that would cure you or something or like apply twenjang on your scar. Then sure, you will sure, get sure. relieved or something like that. So maybe yeah. Okay. Heard from it and they they believe in shamanism, but like kind of Buddhism, the mixed thing. Yeah, I was and, I was just gonna say you're yeah. you're almost always gonna have some sort of re- complicated yeah. religious uh, underpinning. Yeah, hybrid. Yep. Yeah. yeah, not medicine, but yeah, it is also interesting. Yeah. No, and that's to give you, I mean, if I can yeah. jump here yeah. a minute, um, I have tons of friends in the larger world of what's called EASTM, East Asian Science and Technology Medicine, mm. uh, who, who do very, very much more detailed, particularly uh, colleagues in Singapore, colleagues based in Taiwan and China who mm. are very into visiting drug markets, uh, looking at exactly how uh, these practices are in 20th, 20th and 20th century 21st century context, mm. regulated, handled, mm. um, and who, who are much stronger believers than I am. I look at it more, that's where, again, I'm not an anthropologist, but I've been accused of <laughs> verging into, I'm sorry, as a historian, you know yeah. that makes people nervous, but I, definitely sometimes you just have to be like, all right, I'm going to go with this and I'll see whether I can use it later. Is there something in these old practices? Should we be moving on from them? Is it like, you know, we used to burn witches in the past. We used to do all these old things, but now we're <laughs> rational. Now we're scientific. I'm making a very extreme no, I, case I understand. Here. I understand. Um, but is there some wisdom in all those old things? Because what what is said to work scientifically, you know, doctors used to say smoking is good and drink a pint of Guinness. Sure, and now sure, I sure, find sure, sure. smoking alcohol is out and microdosing and psychedelics are coming back in. And I read the Michael Pollan book on microdosing and I found that very interesting. Yeah, it, but it's weird to me how science and what's effective and what's recommended changes. I just wonder, these kind of old traditional indigenous methods, Duenjang's on scars and all of sure. these things, is there value in them? Should we discard um, them? Are they coming back? What's their role in this? No, I, fair enough. I, it's not what I do, but I always get asked to talk about this. Sure. Um, okay. I would say unless you said it, unless there's something obvious, uh, obviously harmful, like... Yes, let's not target random women because we have certain religious <laughs> beliefs that uh, that are all really about power and our own insecurity. No, as long as there's nothing like that, yeah. um, the really the real more interesting question becomes, and this is where exactly I get interested in things like drug development, um, mm-hmm. questions of regulation, uh, questions of will health insurance cover it. And I guess mm-hmm. in the Korean context, because again, I have a friend at POSCO who works on this. Um, I'm sorry, POSTEC. Um, with that question of regulation and um, the money question being obviously mm. hidden there. Uh, in the Korean context, my understanding is particularly with like OTC, Hanweihak drugs, you get the interesting thing of, well, okay, we're going, yeah, so, and then probably this is a vast oversimplification of it, but we're going to do the dual training so that we have Western medicine and Hanweihak so that we can compete, which is what they did in the 50s. That mm. works. Then when you finally get um, now, uh, instead of herbal preparations, but I guess, you know, in the lab versions thereof, mm. um, she works on the OTC ish- over the counter issues with. Uh, they'll then argue that, yes, but only we can prescribe and, and sell these. And, and then it's like, well, wait a minute. If that was made in the lab and it was synthesized the right way and we know the base chemical formula, I can mm. see the Western Korean doctor saying, no, 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 we should have a share of that as well. Mm. So you get, no, in all the places that have dual systems, China with TCM, I don't work on Vietnam, but I understand they have the same. Mm. Korean also, you definitely get massive competition for um, 
jobs for money. And it, even, I mean, you, you, as you probably saw, is it just today or yesterday, another medical strike, which is always about containing the size of the guild so that you don't, not, not that I'm criticizing because I don't want doctors emailing me, but I mean, it, it's historically, this has <laughs> yeah. happened again and again. Yeah. And I saw that they said medical residents were going to resign incrementally and then en masse as their way of protesting back. So it won't shock me again if the government backs down because every time, I mean, this has been going on since at least the late 90s, early 2000s, where the KMA has very much said to the government, every time the government's like, we need more doctors, we need them in rural areas, this is not a new issue. This this is what the Japanese, this goes back to the Japanese colonial system mm. and earlier, mm. probably even to Chosun. Mm. Um, you have concentrations of doctors in areas where there are larger populations and where they can make more money. Yeah. This this protest this strike yeah, yeah, yeah. this is very serious at the oh, moment. Oh yeah, 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 actually. yeah. yeah. Um, and with, and again, I, the most interesting thing yeah. for that I'm not. I mean, I'm, uh, I, why I'm interested in it too. I have a yeah. friend, and we have a special issue coming out in the journal, probably in August, maybe December, depending on the publisher. Yeah. But it's exactly on Korean health insurance. And one of the things which he was happy about was one of the tropes in my piece is exactly yeah these strikes are not new. Even happened during COVID. And then I was so the other day I put the story up and just linked him. And I was like yeah okay. So at least we have another in if we need to, if we need to publicize yeah. it later. But no, to that, um, years ago, I, one of my friends, and I here I think I will just not say the name, just to put, um, he used to work at Seoul Pyongwon before he got his current mm-hmm. job. This has to be 2012 or 13, because was, I was still in Singapore and coming up here all the time. So it's mm-hmm. in the summer. I'm visiting the Seoul Pyongwon campus, if you know where the, and it's obviously the old Tehan Hospital. Mm-hmm. And we're up in his office, and exactly the doctor's outside protesting with something. And I started taking pictures, and he goes, he goes, don't do that or don't let them see you. He's like, they really might come up here and like try to take your camera and wow. like, because no, because they, they want to present themselves a certain way. And yeah. understandably, they might not know that it's some weird historian guy who's interested in not someone who's trying to misrepresent or mm. document them for some other reason. Yeah. So he's so I'm leaning out the window. He's like, he's like, he's like, no, back in the room and like from this <laughs> angle and only. And he's like, if anyone comes up here, you didn't you didn't take these pictures. Korean people love a protest. Yeah, <laughs> Same yeah. with my, my students from Singapore and China will ask me like, because they're going around. Guangmoon all the time, and they'll say, "Precisely, do, do Koreans always protest like this." And I'm like, "Yeah, they did. This one of the things that they do. There's this myth or this narrative that Koreans are very obedient and quiet and calm. Precisely, and precisely. Go out in the street, and, and the Guangmoon ones fascinate me. Even just the regular activities, simply because the iconography that comes up in the signs to an American is just absolutely. I mean, I understand some of it, yeah, but it's just bizarre and interesting to see how the Hanmi relationship is played off of, or what was new to me too from this. Spring, I guess. Um, I knew Park Jung-hee, of course, and mm. obviously since she's left office, Park Jung-hee. But I, this, this was to me, maybe it's not new to people who study Korean politics, but seeing the lineage on a sound truck or on a sign of Park, Park, and uh, Lee Seung-man yeah. struck me as interesting. Yeah. And then America, I mean, I get it's a concern- stripes all yeah, over yeah, the pre- place. Yeah, precisely. And, yeah. The way it's being used in particular ways, and particularly even the way Trump's name is used, I just find fascinating and disturbing. Yeah. We, we, we'll come to Hanmi Gwangge. We'll come sure. to Korea-America relations. I've always thought that the health system here is amazing. Oh, I, it is. I, I've it had, is. It you is. know, various things going on. And, and I'm, two real, young and I'm children, relatively very happy with it. Yeah. Two young children. We have to go to hospitals with them sometimes. And every time, the last time I went to go and see, I, I broke, bruised a rib playing football. Okay. And I've never broken a rib before and the, okay. the doctor says there's nothing you can do about it it's just don't cough or sneeze for a few weeks and it's, that it's, strikes me as yeah as long as you can tolerate the yeah, pain yeah, and exactly. as long as there's no bone shard that's pretend, yeah, yeah yeah they did all the things but he was just looking at me going you speak Korean really well he just wanted to chat with yeah, me yeah, I get, I've always yeah, found yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the health systems here very professional very cheap very quick it, it, as a expert like the Korean health system is it good 
I think it's good. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, no, I'm just no, being no. Sort of right. a, a layman, and I, I just go with would, my kids, I, and I, I, I would, I would answer that on a couple of different levels. One, yeah, personally, yeah. I'm very happy. Yeah. Two, on a global level, I think compared to what other places have in terms of costs and the way they're managed socially, I think mm. it's also good. Yeah. Obviously, three then, which is then you get to the historians thing. I know it has a more contentious um, art set of origins than perhaps is talked about. Um, certainly, the health insurance system, and this is the thing I hinted at earlier. Mm. Um, if it's portrayed as a result of a series of progressive governments coming off of Park Chung-hee and moving in that direction, I would argue that that's definitely a misreading of it and that it's more complicated, not obviously, mm. in, in short terms, a very complicated set of negotiations between a succession of governments and Korean labor, mm. recognizing that we have to make concessions. So and as opposed to the government granting its beneficence, clearly it comes out of uh, between 63 and about 89 mm. Um, yeah, because I mean, Park Chung-hee, it's on the books, but it's, I don't think anyone actually used it. Mm. But most people will say between 77 and 89, uh, end of Park into democratization, is when it really goes to be an effective thing where everyone has their health card and is using it. Yeah. But that clearly comes out of, yeah, the, the, the chaos and, and pushing back of democratization, as well as also, I guess, the government's desire to recognize that the population is is this large? This is also mm -hmm. a way of managing costs for a civil society where we have mm -hmm. we want to maintain healthy workers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I mean, the third answer. Sorry, the historian's answer more complicated. But to the first two, personally, yeah. and also in terms of like measuring it against other. No, e better example. Um, I'm an American. There's no no hiding that. Uh, I grew up with two parents who are doctors. I liked the care I got as a child because I got it primarily at home, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very happy that I'm not in the American healthcare system. Maybe that's one way of answering it. No, yeah. the, last, the last best way. Um, when I was on sabbatical in 21, 22, I had a wonderful affiliation, so positive uh, September of 21 until summer 22 with UCLA. Mm. But because I was not an international student, they had to put me on California Kaiser Permanente. And I'll just say it was not a positive experience. I was paying okay. out of pocket. It was quite wow. expensive. And I was like, bring me back to Korea. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the – I, I sometimes yeah, see no, I've, job I've openings tons, come had, up in America. I've had and tons I'm like, of dental work here. Oh, and I've, I'm yeah. now having just had the health system um, mm. check. I have no problems with um, – yeah, what was you, well, to go back to what you said about the language thing, too, it was interesting. Mm. They had on my recent visit someone clearly following with me that was mm. about the English issue. I, mean, I think they were – and it was like half and half. I could talk yeah. to them sometimes, but other times. So it was kind of funny chatting between the three of them. And I think they thought it was funny because occasionally I could tell they were asking. And I was like – I'd be like answering. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I understood that. Yeah. And yeah. they'd be like, okay. <laughs> like they were getting – I think they were getting a little more guarded about what they were – someone asked me later, too, like how did the whole experience go? And I said, well, I'm still waiting. I'll hear in the beginning of March. But I said the happy – the thing I was happy was – no one during the course of the entire hour, hour and a half of mm. whatever, 17, 18 stages said like, Ike Moya or like, mm. or like, wow, him <laughs> nobody did that. So I was like, okay, yeah. things look, they only had me repeat one or two things, which were the eyes and yeah. things like that, where I was like, okay, yeah, my, my eyes are weak. I know this. Yeah. Mm. How yeah. about this then, Yunso? So yeah. two old white guys are saying Korean health <laughs> yeah, system. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's I, great. I, I, that is a good, yeah. How do, <laughs> how do younger Korean feel about this? Oh, yeah. One of my American friend also told me that she had to go to doctor's office for some conditions. So, she didn't know how to speak in Korean yeah, very yeah, well. That, so that could be an issue. Yeah, so she called her Korean friend to translate. And Perfect. doctor didn't mind yeah, calling, yeah, 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 calling yeah, yeah, to yeah. her. So, yeah, that was good. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She forth, didn't, sure. He didn't mind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as a Korean Korean, I just um, went to eye clinic with my friend because my friend had the eye surgery done okay. for her eye vision enhancing surgery. Like, like, yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
and it was super comfortable. It was like a factory. Like she entered her like number on the kiosk, and yeah. they would call me that. Okay, number five, come to here, and okay, she would do some clinics and. Okay, can so I, next go. Can to I him. ask if that is, I realize it's probably not from a medical well from my standpoint and from the medical standpoint, but for Korean does that get portrayed as Seongsusul plastic surgery? In other words, is that done at an out clinic basis where they recognize that it's just for your vision, or I, what I mean is there could be a blurring between that and uh, yeah. other aesthetic eye surgeries. Mm. The reason I ask is sorry, I can't. Um, years ago when I used to really actively research plastic surgery, mm-hmm. I made the mistake of walking in a place in Shinsa and going. Uh, and they start going like, so what do you want to have done? And I was like, no, 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 no. I meant like, <laughs> yeah, so there was that embarrassment. And then also, I this is really, this, again, me bad recognizing boundaries. Yeah. I uh, This is late grad, early, I'm now a professor, but mm. I was like carrying around a camera and I realized I was really making people nervous in the lobby and they were like, mm. yeah, and I was like, okay, sorry, I realized that. So I had to like learn how to say other ways of like, I'm interested, can I have your pamphlets? Can I have your stuff? But no, I'm not going to take any pictures. And mm-hmm. I was surprisingly allowed to get into a lot of lobbies. Like, mm-hmm. again, these huge, the huge mega clinics in Shinsa, which I thought of when you said like factory. Mm. But oh, was this, this was just a, well, how was the office or what was the environment? Um, yeah, it was only for like medical thing. That's but what I thought. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There are like, there were some of the eye clinics which they did, like, double eyelid surgeries. Precisely. Yeah. The sun couple or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Or, okay. like, when you go to, like, skin skin doctor? Yeah, 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 yeah sure, 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 sure. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, that could be dermatology or it could be That's whitening. Right. It could be other things. Yeah. Flexib- so, right, th- there's a blurring of the... Mm. Yeah, to be honest, I've done double eyelid surgery, okay. surgery, but the office was originally skin doctor's office. So Okay. They, same, they, same doctor? Yeah, the same doctor. Okay, that's an interesting switch in specialty, too, so, about economic yeah. priorities and... When did with, uh, I I didn't know that you had the double eyelid surgery. It, I was just yeah, saying, can I, I, I get can that I, a lot. Can I ask if I mean like like if you don't mo- motivation like what? I don't what, mind. I don't. No, mind. I mean like so why? Yeah, why? Um, I had like major two reasons. Like okay. first reason is that, um, I didn't like my eye size. Mm-hmm. It's very okay. Okay, it's no, very but I get it. I, yeah, that, yeah, for yeah. whatever reason, yeah, sure. Yeah, and second reason was that I don't know how to say that in English, but I had to raise my eyebrows a bit to open my eyes wide mm. okay like, like like this so mm. so you this is like your eyebrow actually impeded your eyesight a little bit like the suit the skin yeah, the yeah, kind okay, of. okay because yeah, yeah, yeah. there i don't know if this is what you're describing but there is a condition called ptosis like ptosis mm. uh, particularly in older koreans sometimes well yes exactly the lack of musculature it's significant enough that it's actually obscuring oh. be, yeah because basically the flap of the Isn't skin that what nomi hyun said when he got his eyes done i think exactly. and that's yeah, what the yeah, joke yeah. is that's what the joke yeah, yeah, is is yeah, it legitimate yeah. or is not but there yeah. are legitimate yeah. conditions that actually yeah mm. and i this, this this recent visit when i was doing the chart she kept taking like a pencil or whatever and trying to lift up my other and i was like what about what, what's the meaning here like it's not going to get any better but i you I, I kept wondering whether she'd done this to other korean patients and thought well he needs it too like she kept lifting up the flat, flat my other and i was like and she kept saying that's interesting because again i have not looked at this stuff in years mm. but um and is that common for, yeah, yeah, for yeah. your group yeah i'm curious two things and so mm-hmm. how old were you when you got it I was, um, it was 20, 2019, okay, and so I was I was like right before entering high school. Okay, was it fifteen or something like that. I guess I don't know how. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, okay. Wow, 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 wow. Is it com- like? Do you you talk about it with your group of friends? Like, uh, did you have surgery? Are you get any? I'm gonna get this done, um, or is it kind of like you keep it quiet? Nobody says anything, but you all know. Uh, it differs person by person, but mm. at 
first, like during the first year of my double eyelid, post eyelid. Yeah, thing. a certain amount yeah. of recovery and a certain mm-hmm. amount of, yeah. I wanted to gatekeep it, but they didn't really recognize me done the mm. thing. But most of the Korean people would not gatekeep you from the plastic surgery they have yeah, done. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised at how people are relatively open when I've had, again, friend groups who were like, exactly, a variety mm. of different things. What's interesting to me is that outside people will sometimes criticize Korea as being a very sort of I, plastic I got society. This, I got this in Singapore all the time because people knew what my book was on and they were always like, there was like, so you, why are you going to that country where people all want to look the same? And I was like, that's not, you're, you're vastly yeah. oversimplifying. But here domestically, yeah. it's like, no, let's improve yeah. ourselves and let's get better and the system I, I just, works and we get it done at lunchtime. I was just going to say, the way I ultimately get... I, because again, that's where you're verging. Recent history stops being history. Um, yeah. I ended up saying, well, at least when I'm called on that, into your situation, I'm like, Koreans often see it as a pragmatic, right? It's like, well, pref- I always heard about people who did it right before graduating college, going on the job market. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to get a new suit. I want to get a haircut. So why not, you know, brush up a little bit? And, mm-hmm. and I can understand that. If 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 this is a market where that is seen as a very valid move mm-hmm. towards professionalization. Yeah, many of my friends yeah. do it before they enter university or college okay. because they want a glow up before yeah. turning yeah, adults. No, I get it. So, yeah. I get it. I, I, sure, yeah. sure. And it actually has positive effects. Like in Korea, if you look better, sometimes you get better job or yeah. you get yeah. these things. No, and what's the one, inter- the one that, sorry, the one that got me <coughs> was the couples packages for weddings. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I'm like, wow. Like you might want to make sure you're emotionally first before. I'm, no, I'm joking, but that yeah, when yeah, I saw yeah. that's brilliant advertising, but it's evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, they're, they're nervous already. They probably sign you up for your kid as well. Like, like, yeah, so you're yeah, getting yeah, married. Yeah. You're gonna want your kids. Yeah, to you have two. This in. You two probably are gonna have a kid that's gonna look like <laughs> yeah, you. So that's yeah. a little bit personal, yeah. yeah but yeah. I've seen I've, I've seen the ads, so yeah. And it comes from parents as well, which I, I would think imagine. Is I would imagine. But like parents will often tell their children, like, why don't you do this? Okay, that do I do haven't. This? But I, but I can, but I can believe it. And it's yeah. in K dramas, so why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I, no, I thank you. I'm just real. That's something because I could never. I, w- I, w- I wish I could have asked that question more when I was writing the book, only because it was one of those ones where I wasn't going to leap across that bridge. But um, no, I obviously got advice from Koreans who were in my gr- age group or at Seoul Day, and they were also surprisingly, amazingly comfortable with, with talking about it. Mm. Huge gold buildings in Shinsan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like these, these plastic surgery and, clinics. Um, as you know, I can't remember what is it late. 2010s when they started regulating the ads because I still um, mm. the ads particularly at Shinsa particularly at Apkujong were mm. always um, before and after and I think they've tried to make it more subtle but I think they placed some limitations on it because yeah. it was literally like Apkujong or Shinsa you'd get off the stop and you'd be like wow so I should feel insecure today and I should like start doing a consultation <laughs> right now <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's to a foreigner who can read this I can imagine to a Korean it was like oh my god I, 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 mm. I don't you know how am I today and mm. Yeah, I, I didn't. Play, while we were on this, I, I mm. noticed that plastic surgery went up during the COVID pandemic. Like the yes. amount that Koreans um, were getting. What I, what I heard about yeah. that, so I'd love to hear. I heard that people kind of like thought that COVID was kind of a covert way of like, you know, I don't see anybody for one. Once we were well into it, they're like, yeah. well, I'm not going to see anyone for a couple of years, so like I could do it and like not answer any questions later. <laughs> yeah, nobody would know. But so. That's how I heard it portrayed. Yeah. It's like this is like a. I'm not. I'm right. I'm working from remote. I'm going to recover quickly. People mm-hmm. are probably not going to ask. So got a mask on when I do go out. Yeah, so let, someone. Yeah. Who, so, so someone who's even more someone more reluctant might be more likely under yeah. those circumstances. Yeah. To be honest, it was exactly my situation okay. because I didn't really intend it because like it it was right before the pandemic era. Sure. When mm-hmm. I when I that's what I was when you said 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, like, I was very, at first, very happy to wear some head and mask so mm-hmm. that no one can see yeah, my yeah, bruises yeah, yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. 
and after all my like um what what do i call it like you get bluffed a like little swelling bit yeah, yeah i don't i don't know the medical term but yes yeah, 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 yeah. exactly it little bit swells but it go goes sure. away for like after one year or something okay. to naturally sit on your right. face so yeah right. So during that era, I had to attend online meetings, online Zoom right. classes. So yeah, so I could come up to school all natural. So I was a little bit happy, but mm. I get I, it. yeah, I, get it. I think that other people might have done the same thinking because like, oh, if I do some like jawline surgery or something, I can wear a mask and stay at home. So yeah, perfect, perfect secret or something like that. Yeah, that's exactly the explanation yeah. I heard as uh, sort of as a follow up mm -hmm. to right. And so it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that those numbers would. Mm -hmm. So uh, we we didn't prepare to talk about this. No, um, it's fine. but the, <laughs> this is, I, I, I gotta admit that was yeah. stuff I was interested in for yeah, quite a long time. Yeah. So yeah, the pandemic itself, yeah. because I often show my international students like the the number of excess deaths across countries and things like this. And sure. South Korea, when you look at the numbers, of course, it, every death is a tragedy, and there shouldn't be. But South Korea did amazing during um, this from what i from what i saw in quantitative terms i would agree with that completely uh, and just to make the point as well that never once was locked down right never which, once the toll to stay in your home there's this like which also is weird for me now having been able to go but to the u.s at least once or twice since then and talk to people and be like wow right i never went through six weeks of a uh, shop and just watch everything online and yeah yeah i could still pretty much go around seoul it was just I mean, my, my recollection is the major inconvenience was I couldn't sit and drink my coffee. I had to do it takeout, which is a minor. Yeah. So, yes, relatively speaking, we were very lucky here. Yeah, but never once yeah. forced to stay inside your house. You could go Correct. out and the government trusted Correct. you. And I thought that was really interesting because there's this narrative that the, the West is all about freedom and rights. And here you have this authoritarian East. But the West was locking down. I remember it, seeing photos of yeah, Queen Elizabeth II yeah. sitting by herself at the back of a church as she's going for her husband's funeral, you know, and just like... Wow, it was heartbreaking. But no, my, did well, it did, did it do okay here from a medical perspective? Oh, you um, think no, I, absolutely. In a, absolutely. So yeah, what we've just said in the continue quantitative terms. Um, what do you want to call it? K nine, you know, K nineteen or K COVID. Mm. Uh, the, and President Moon certainly through the end of his period of rule um, definitely main, you know benefited greatly from the perceptions that it was all him, where it was the public health people. Mm. Um, Jung Eun Gyung was the head of the case. Okay, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. One, yeah. yeah. Um, where it's weirder and it's harder to compare, I guess I would say, is two things. Um, one, of course, the use of the ICT data, which comes from Korean mayors. So I think they changed the rule officially if the mayor's outbreak is summer 15, because I remember because I was here. Hmm. I think they changed the rules in November, December, which is the famous uh, unidentified first Korean patient who's the middle-aged Korean businessman comes back, has symptoms, they're not sure what they are. Mm. He, in the process, goes through several hospitals seeking diagnoses, and I believe at least once breaks quarantine when he's not supposed to. But the point being that he yeah. spread it through the hospitals, which was exactly the justification for the legal change. Then to get to that, you can't, in most countries, do that and share that data for all kinds of obvious legal reasons. So that it was real, and it is weird. I asked myself, mm. why am I willing to share all my phone data with the Korean government? variety of reasons I felt comfortable with but yeah you could never do that I'm, yeah, I, I don't see them having that level of contact tracing in the US it's just it would create all kinds of problems with the carriers so that the second thing of course and this did come up later and other people have written about it um, the fact that you did start to see even as the numbers in the system were working fairly well existing differences uh, class differences religious differences mm. uh, LGBTQ issues so the famous one just decided because a lot of people have written about it 
May or April, five, six months in, if it's mm-hmm. late 19 and early 20 here, uh, a small bump in Itaewon and linked to a particular club. The uh, government uh, mentions the club in the area and says it's totally neutral. People who know it say, no, what you're basically mm-hmm. doing is outing a particular LGBTQ community mm-hmm. and you're doing it deliberately. Mm-hmm. So some of the same issues. And to be honest, you do what a historian does. You always flip it back. So they're not going back way, way back, but just going back to AIDS, where I at least have the WHO materials and I haven't published on it, but I've looked at it a little bit. Mm. And at least what Korea is reporting in the early 80s under um, Chandwon and No Tai Wu, mid 80s, to uh, WHO is we don't have a problem, or if it is, it's foreign sailors or it's mm. foreigners. And then as it slowly expands, well, okay, but we don't really have a gay community here in Korea, but there seems to be you know, something like that. You can see a lot of the parallels between the denial and the slower recognition. And then obviously with mirrors, the one I love, um, I don't have it with me, of course, but I'll describe it. And mm. Do you, either of you remember the camel posters for mirrors? No. no. Okay. No, no, I only no. knew this because I'm yeah. the weird person. When I came here in summer 2015, I'm snapping pictures all mm-hmm. over the place. In fact, I just saw a camel poster in Narita, and I regret not taking a picture. But to when you it, say camel, you cigarettes or ca- just a camel? That, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, confused. exactly. Not like Joe Camel. Yeah, um, yeah. Because Maris, and also people now have regretted calling it Maris because you're not supposed to identify a disease with a place because that's why you that's where you get Spanish flu from, and that's yeah. a problem. Yeah. So Maris, I don't know what the alternative names are, but so at least in the Korean context, it was a picture of a camel. Mm. And I'll get to the point in just a second. And it was, you know, so whatever, mayor or something, coronavirus in Korean, you know, just be mm-hmm. careful. Mm-hmm. But it's, I always get it confused. It's the, my sister used to do this, uh, the Bactrian camel, I think is the two hump and the dromedary is the single. But I, in any case. Oh, I yeah. think I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway, the Korean has the wrong camel. And I don't know, and I don't know exactly the biological reasons, but if you Google it, most yeah. of the literature will say this particular type of camel yeah. is the conveyor of the mayor's virus and the Korean's posters all have the other one. Mm-hmm. So I've shown it in class and say, look, I'm not saying this is about Korean stereotypes about the outside world, and mm. but just to show them that others, just like the famous examples of colonial powers and the U.S. doing it wrong in the places that they oversaw, I'm like, wrong camel, and it's got like a <laughs> coconut and a palm tree in the background. I'm like, I'm like a little bit stereotypical, so we need to think about these things, exactly. And um, also, yeah. sorry, just to connect there really, really quickly, I work and still I'm actively interested in the second book project and articles on... Uh, Korean tropical medicine, which would uh, Yolde Weehawk, uh, medicine of hot places. Okay. And when you look at like Korean stuff when in Vietnam in the 60s, it's absolutely hilarious. I mean, it's not funny, funny, but it, mm-hmm. um, the quick example that always comes to mind is the same people that run the famous school anti-parasite campaigns, Ki Seng Chung Pang Mule, are some of the same people who are running the health of soldiers in Vietnam. So obviously they see these populations as, and of course the stereotype they have prior to 65 is uh, Koreans will be exposed to parasites, they'll be exposed to malaria in mm. Vietnam. <laughs> and they find out in a lot of cases, I think one of the four groups, it's uh, Koreans, I mean, Korean soldiers, I want to say civilians here, and then maybe Vietnamese, same soldiers yeah. and civilians. In any case, they find out that Korean soldiers of the four groups tend to have the most parasites and that they're not so much being exposed to parasites in Vietnam as they are bringing them with them. Wow. And I mean, no, this is yeah. this is before when there is no chemical fertilizer, when the diet means high vegetables and rice, um, you're going to uh, polyparasi- polyparasitism in the mid 60s in Korea, meaning. 60 percent multiple parasites from eating mm-hmm. stuff growing yeah. in the ground was was perfectly normal here mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's why so, that's why massive anti-parasite yeah. came. But so they were really shocked when they found out the soldiers weren't necessarily threatened by the tropics of Vietnam. It was here, yeah. Yeah. I've heard people, Im Su Jin was one of them, Professor um, in Sheffield, Lancashire. Oh, I know who this is. Yeah, yeah. I haven't met her. She, but she, she talked is, about yeah. taking stool samples to school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they used to have to get them checked and things yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. Oh, and I was just, oh, imagine no, no, no. you had our students so, to do so that have, today. Have you, so <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it in museums. They now, you can regularly see in the museums, they have yeah. the little bong tu, which you gave to your, I mean, now just the sample yeah. of the bag. And the other one I always liked that I've never documented, but comes up in every interview from that period, yeah. is people were embarrassed about it, obviously. Yeah. So some people would either skip school, they would send a truant to check on you. And then the one I always liked is people would substitute their cat or dog if they couldn't produce under pressure. <laughs> and seriously, the Korean government, after the first, so it's like 68 or 69, you know, yeah. they get all the data. Mm-hmm. After like the first year, they were like, wait, we're finding animal parasites. That can't be, oh, they're substituting cat and dog. Yeah, but they're... it took them like six months or a year, but they were like, wait a minute, is this more complicated and weird than we thought across <laughs> species? And then they're like, okay, no, these kids are just so they had to tell kids, like, even if you're embarrassed, like, okay, maybe don't submit it, but don't like put in your cat or dog because you're screwing up the data. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, that whole I mean, the joke I always told, so, no, I always told in Singapore was like the one time you were allowed to give to your teacher, mm-hmm. not saying a certain <laughs> word, yeah, because yeah, and you were encouraged to. And if you ever see the pictures of the teachers, I can only imagine twice a year gathering this and saying thank you students for delivering these wonderful samples to me yeah yeah, yeah. and this yeah the other thing is um this is mostly i mean it is the korean government i want to be i'm mm-hmm. korean technicians but most of the the microscopes the slides is coming through japanese otca money so the jet i mean there's massive it's japan helping a developing country at the time mm-hmm. and um, a colleague and i wrote, co-wrote an article i can't remember the word we used but Probably informally, we call um, so it's still like easy because we talked about earlier. I mean, encounters some of the same Korean doctors who are running the campaigns are Japanese trained, you know, retrained post war. They then reconnect to the Japanese colleagues after 65 because normalization happens. And we you get weird, interesting colonial echoes. The one, um, my colleagues, it's Ayahome at Manchester, she found one of the Koreans here i can't remember if it was in seoul or in tokyo but they met up again and they were talking and the one guy had really excellent japanese and he kept correcting them and they were like wow like where did you pick that up and he goes like do you not realize that your colleagues probably seniors one generation back trained me do you do you not remember like (laughs) that and he wasn't really sensitive about it but the japanese were like wow you guys are really good you know what you're doing and the guy was like yeah like like you trained us so yeah the 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 japanese medical influence continues in a weird interesting way in its own way and it's good if it works because i think today i'll I'll ask you this in a minute Korean people seem generally very helpful uh healthy i want to go back to this one thing where you were talking about the the gay clubs itaewon oh yeah sure 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 and the idea about freedom and, and and tracing and things like that contact tracing contact makes tracing. a problem if it shows where you go and then it's a question of if you're following and you're publishing this information because it is available to the government how much information should you be then publishing yeah. if it, it is in yeah. public's health interest but how yeah where are you crossing the lines with personal data this was a really yep. interesting yep. thing to me because during covid hit there was no lockdown but they would post somebody got infected Precisely. they went to this coffee oh, yeah, shop we all they got went the, here we all got the phone messages here, right. we, we got the messages yeah, yeah. there were map you could go on naver and see the maps yeah like, i have to admit the messages yeah. the first couple of months freaked me out too because that was when i was the first couple of months when i realized before i realized that i probably was not going to, you know, be, yeah. I mean, that you could be affected, but you could also be careful. But so every time you hear ding, you'd be like, okay. Yeah. 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 But there was this idea yeah. that the the overall health was more important than if somebody yeah, had, say, was cheating that's, on their that's, wife, no, that's, cheating that's exactly here, they the were right. going to these places. Um, or the, utilit- the utilitarian thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just wonder if you have a thought about that, 
public health being more about there's there's a consciousness um, aspect or there's a civic society aspect to it and alongside the technology the money yeah, the yeah. finance and development no, and this this transcends korean culture it is historically at least whether you agree with it or not yeah. medical communities have for at least the last i would say okay i don't know going all the way back historically but at least in east asia since the the examples kept coming in nice thing for historians it was one of the few times we got to like justify and say look covid we can we get to justify our grants now because of covid um mm. friends who studied the 1911 Manchurian plague where you get some of the first masks and defining gauze and all that uh, I don't know about the end of World War one here I know the European case better but for the end of World War two here mm. um, massive quarantine stations uh, Busan this is the repatriation thing all over Asia and so like when you have an outbreak of cholera fall 46 in Seoul which actually does parallel the train line which is not surprising mm. you get the Migunjung telling Koreans no funerals, no large wedding uh, ceremonies, wow. and getting people getting angry because that feels exactly like the Japanese and the U.S. government at that time is like, yeah, well, we don't want a Korean Peninsula or a massive East Asian outbreak given Japan occupation, Korea occupation, Chinese Civil War is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, 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 for all kinds of reasons, this at least in this part of the world and probably other parts, is not a new thing. It's just... I know it, it was really weird and amazing to see how different countries reacted to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here, but also, I'm sorry to, to finish mm-hmm. that. Here, the really funny thing, because I kept getting these emails, and I guess other people who worked on it. Um, so Koreans are really Confucian, and they follow orders. So as you said earlier, Koreans are really um, they got used to authoritarian culture between uh, after 45 until 87. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, have you ever been to Korea? <laughs> have you yeah, seen no, no. I mean, yeah. so I, exactly. I, I tried yeah. to talk about familiarization. Um, you're a Korean who grows up the right way after 48, depending on your age. You're in the military. You're a male. You mm. get exposed. Women fit cultural kwik. Certainly, you couldn't miss it. School children, anti-parasite, and other measures later. Mm. Um, the, the public institutions since the 60s, ha- and yeah, the military, schools, everything have gotten mm. a generation of well, now several generations of Koreans who were not the older Hanwihak, biomedicine means Japanese colonialism, and it's scary. Mm. And it, it, right, it becomes normalized. Yeah. And for a variety of reasons, that's a good th- thing. And that's, but I know I, definitely that first spring of 2020 set of, this is why, ta- and because this is why Taiwan and Korea are so good, because they went through the Kuomintang and they went through harsh authoritarian rule. It's like, so, somebody wow, said, it was like, like, did a quick Google search there, did you? <laughs> I saw some articles in yeah. Korean, right. written by Koreans, that was, yeah. was because the bear could stay in the cave for a yeah. hundred days and turn okay, into, wow. you know, I did, okay, and, I didn't see they that. They even went back but to I know, I get, the, I get the reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it like yeah. being a teenager in Korea going through COVID? Was it like, mm. this is awesome, we get to stay at home? Was it psychologically damaging? You didn't see your friend? Like, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Mm. Many of my friends felt depressed because sure. they had to interact with friends, people, mm. and they have to learn how to like talk with people and meet people, right? Mm. And um, for me, it was mm. my first time going to high school. So mm. high school and middle school is very different in oh, Korea. Sure. Yeah, sure. Because like in high school, you have to go really study mode, like Koreanized study mode. Mm. But you didn't really have to socialize in the high school physically. So... I had to struggle with a studying problem and friends with interacting problem. Mm. And as I remember the social tracking system with the pandemic thing, 
Um, yeah, I that felt... they could actually keep track of where you were. Yeah. Were yeah. yeah. Were you really at the library? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we even had to like show the QR code for entering places. Oh, right? wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was my, I, I, I go to movies, I was guilty. I actually miss in a weird way mm. COVID because everyone was paranoid. I remember going, obviously there wasn't a lot of new material, mm. but I could see a movie with like only three people and mm -hmm. just be like, oh, this is like have personal TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But and yes, the cure yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it felt like a witch hunting for people because mm. like when there is a like COVID patient who who is positive, who turned positive yep, on the, the COVID test, yep. yeah, yeah. Then people would ask about like, non non important things about them and just gossip about that person mm -hmm. not non relevant about Precisely, the covid issue. this is exactly the privacy yeah. the question comes up yeah, yeah yeah they would just witch burning do on the like sns thing mm -hmm. yeah. it felt like a, oh like this society is getting more aggressive and aggressive in a silent way so it was a little bit of a like oh it's scary i felt like that and yeah, people turned out to be more aggressive because they could not really talk with people physically. They mm. just post their thoughts on online. Huh, I never thought of that. Make, that actually makes sense. So, yeah, I thought. That you wouldn't have the same disincentives because the person can't come up and criticize you. Yeah. So you can be a little more open online. If yeah. You, I was yeah. just, just, I was, it was a crisis. I was just being, you know. <laughs> yeah, some of the things you see online would not be said in face to face, sure. I think. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It must be, I can't imagine what it must have been like to be in a teenager going through that. Like, teenage yeah, 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 years yeah, yeah, is yeah, hard yeah, enough yeah, yeah, as yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> but to I, be going I gotta say, all, my, only, my only major issue is probably was, was the initial yeah. adjustment to teaching classes. And then, to be honest, once past the first semester, and it became normalized. The yeah. other two semesters, excuse me, the other two semesters that I taught under COVID were actually fairly low key. What, what my students liked is that they went to Joldepyanka. So yeah. in Korean, there's relative grading normally. So I, oh, both I, at I, Hanyang I, I, University. Okay. I, know, I know where you're going with this. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Women's yeah, University. Yeah, 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 yeah. These two, it's like you've got to give 35% of the class C. Okay. No matter what they're yeah, scoring, yeah, yeah. I, I, only I this. And, but during COVID, they went, you just give whatever you want. I was going to say, I don't know if we officially did, but we've definitely liberalized. And I have not seen any emails saying go back. So we've been, there's been, yeah, there was much more flexibility. We've got the go back. Okay. And, and so I think students got used to that. We're not going to be graded relative. Okay. Absolute grading. And uh, it's slowly going back to... To that one so that yeah. was a no big i i, I that analogy quickly just to jump aside yeah. I, I when i taught in singapore it was much more rigid like that yeah and we yeah. would as also i think we had plus or minus five percent around our bands if you deviated we really would get and then act, this is the other i'm sorry just a quick little yeah. the other funny thing was once you had done that and you hit your percentages you were supposed to smoothly showed out the, 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 the curve so I got criticized once in Singapore for bunching my grades because I had a bunch of you know the right percentages and they were like yes yeah. but they're not and I was like <laughs> I was like because you, you want me to artificially construct it and they're like no it should naturally happen <laughs> your students should naturally distribute yeah. themselves yeah I just I, yeah. I just finished a winter program and my student from Singapore just produced work that was unbelievable every student I get not every student but I, I get such high level work from students from Singapore um overall I want to come to having oh, yeah. like sure. before that just overall the health of Korean people or the, the, um, the system is it working I mean this I, is yeah, well, thing. I, I I haven't looked in a long time but I'll but I'll just go in yeah. I can guess yeah. if you look at the OECD things like um are Koreans reaching a certain ages? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Japan mm. might be some of the highest in the world, but Korea's up there. Mm. The only things that you get the exceptions are not surprisingly things like the smoking and the drinking tend to affect the males. Mm. And I can't remember 
exactly which dietary things, but certain things with certain meats and things, which is why the obsession with all kinds of intestinal cancer and things like that, which having gone through the health exam, I realized why they're, they're but um, no, o- overall terms, I think the health insurance system for the most part um, works fairly well. Where it's more complicated, and again, coming out of COVID, is that this is becoming an increasingly diverse population. Mm. So getting that healthcare system to workers who do not access Korean language, um, I, yeah, I can't, like if I had come, I took my job six years ago, having been here before mm. twice extensively, speaking not as perfect as I'd like, but certainly reasonably well, high intermediate, so I can mm. get along. I can only imagine, like, even a white-collar worker, but coming from Southeast Asia, maybe, I'm just thinking hypothetically, Vietnam mm. with no Korean language, the challenge must be much. And also, like, on the Korean side, they're probably trying to figure out how do we identify that population and help them. Mm. So those issues. So, yeah, outreach and access. But in terms of its functioning... Um, I'm, I'm, again, I'm very happy. And I think, I, I guess the last thing would be, I and mean, this is like every system like that, like mm-hmm. the National Health in the UK too, is you get, when you hit more high end things like a very specific disease that for whatever reason, the system doesn't cover well mm-hmm. or uh, end of life things. That's where people sometimes I imagine tend to opt out or if they can pay. But I mean, for basic maintenance of life, I'm, I'm very happy. Mm-hmm. Just the contrast with the U.S. is the stark, obvious one. Yeah. I think you make a really good point, John, because when I go, even when I go to vote here or when I go to hospitals, I, I don't receive any looks too much. I don't... Yeah, no, not, I'm, so, I'm pleasant. But, um, when I did but my I'm co- not Southeast yeah. Asian or No, when I did like my that, COVID so shot, I remember, because it whatever, it sends you randomly. It's like, yeah. sent me to some little clinic over in Saldipku. And the woman just said to me in Korean, like, 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 like Creo, Choma, like my and she looks at my sheet. She's like Majo, and she's like, okay, but you could tell she was kind of like, what's? But okay, he's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they generally <laughs> she's kind of like, are you sure you're in the right place? <laughs> yeah, I was like, yep, that's what they sent me. Yeah, and yeah, yeah then when then she felt comfortable, then we went all into Korean. It was fine. Yeah, and and like you say, that is with us looking like we do, and with a reasonable level of I, Korean. If I you imagine come from that Southeast I get. A, I imagine that I have a certain foreign white privilege that I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I get accused of this by Southeast Asian friends quite fairly, <laughs> who say we have it a little bit differently. Yeah, yeah, and to try to acknowledge somebody said we should talk about the southeast asian experience in korea so that's just on my mind sure uh, for for future ones can we talk a bit about history sure while we're here yeah yeah, not at all please fascinating little diversion so anyway that initially age car thing yeah material (laughs) practice yeah (laughs) we were at one point talking about uh, a young man with a cat uh, and the stethoscope um the Joseon dynasty yep. is, is a really broad question, but like if you watch a sagu, um, if you watch, it's this beautiful period with people swanning around palaces and and uh, actors in beautiful makeup and things like this. Um, do you have a sense of what the the Joseon dynasty is or how it can be explained? It's an incredibly broad question, and it's probably the wrong thing to ask. But to your understanding, what was the Joseon dynasty? What were the roles of slaves or is it a glorious past of which the country should be proud or is it like a desperate feudal society that was welcomely overcome sure um i'll say two things um i mean and then obviously feel free to um uh, follow with more questions after but the first one is i'm I'm not a chosen expert Mm. that so i'm not trying to defer on the question but what i will say is from same um anyone he living here watching film tv dramas Mm. i would say that all of those images are probably more of a conversation about how koreans see themselves in the relative present and probably bear only a peripheral relationship to whatever the actual chosen dynasty was Mm. um so yeah the, the the sort of idealized version you gave probably says something about how late 20th and early 21st century koreans 
imagine themselves in a very rapid competitive society, but one that came off of colonialism, yeah. some vision of what they want to imagine. Well, we were like that. We could go back to it. And that probably is a construction. But uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll answer honestly in terms of like what I, as a secondary person who obviously has to start most of my classes in late Chelsea and then move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I read secondary stuff and I read the people I trust. So my Chosun is weirder in that it's highly linked to things like, um, I don't even know if the word science and technology fit properly, mm-hmm. but things like water clocks, things like, um, and for that matter, um, Sejong and the stories that are uh, constructed around the um, Hangul, but seeing that as a form of written technology and a form of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may be more on the higher end again and, and still idealized, but I mean, I'm really interested in stuff like that. Even... I don't work on um, shilhak and practical stuff, but like uh, fields and what methods work for producing more crops, um, things like this. Um, I definitely have friends who work on this. Mm. Um, The other thing I would say, again, having been influenced by friends, is that my sense of it for, I guess, what would be called mid to late Chilson, so like, bad on my years, but early 17th century through about the end of the 19th, again, heading to colonialism, is very much an awareness of the Imjin Weiran and the, the aftermath of the war. I mean, I have a friend, uh, John Lee, who's at uh, Durham, who works very much on the reconstruction of forests because so many trees were not only affected by the war but also used for ships and things where the government was like, wait a minute, we actually need to like replant. And mm-hmm. so, uh, again, it, it is kind of an environmental history issue. In fact, he tends to pop up in an environmental history context. Um, so the, uh, that awareness of the war... Um, and that period of no major conflict outside of until like the middle of the 19th century when you have all kinds of outside forces coming in. Mm. But that period of what, say, 200, 250 years is like the Chilson that I'm most interested in and mm. that it feels like a cons- – and this is probably my own construction too. Mm. It feels like a consolidation of after-war rebuilding and then kind of almost like a, a – a pox, not this is a pox Korea, but you know, mm-hmm. but a, but a more certainly a more peaceful domestic period prior to things like the 19th century, where everything happens, including famine, peasant riots, and all mm-hmm. kinds of other. Not that there aren't other things going on in those two centuries, but it feels like relatively in the region, um, a, a, a little bit of awareness of like let's let's keep things calm again, and this is actually a good thing. Yeah. No, the, la- the last thing I'll just go back to, and as I said, I think the, the more film depictions and things like this mm. are definitely probably, to me, more about, uh, again, a contemporary conversation, how Koreans want to see themselves. Mm. It's a very interesting yeah. and, and, and positive take on it, yeah. that after the, the Imjin invasions and things like that, that it was a, a period of consolidation for, for um, Joseon. I, I don't and, know and about the words, to... but definitely... And also, some, some people have argued this for Tokugawa as well. Yeah. I mean, that... that I'm sorry, the older ones you learn when you're an undergrad, like Sakoku, isolated country, but that Japan also learned that maybe maybe not getting involved in major wars mm. might be a good thing. Yeah. I, I had a colleague, um, I don't know if she still does it, I sort of understand it, um, who at a conference uh, gave a talk, and I hope I'm not mis- misrepresenting it, but she tried to talk about Tokugawa mm. as a model for a world today. And I know, yeah, because, um, sorry, it was when was I there? This had to be pre-COVID. Yeah, this had to be pre-COVID, but it was nonetheless looking. That's why COVID's in. A world where we have less, where we probably need less, we want to have reduce our interactions for environmental reasons, not. Mm. Um, when she tried to use Tokugawa as a model, and she kept saying, "Look, I'm not saying retreat and have fewer people and die off," but she's like, "But but she's like the Japanese learned how to deal with privation for that period mm. of time," mm. and I think 
she this was in germany at max Planck, so i think some of the germans liked it and the europeans liked it but everyone who was like an east asian person was like yeah but like tokugawa <laughs> but no, but I, but yeah, in that context yeah. too like late choson korea interests me I, I i wish yeah in another universe where if i could read classical chinese or get up to speed fairly quickly mm. but at least I, what i do in cl- what I, how i handle it professionally in classes besides the usual tell the students read these things mm. is same i try to start in the mid 19th century from a lot of my classes that are chronological and um be aware of at least what I'm reading in the secondary literature. Also, to be honest, I mean, this mm. is the thing I love about teaching Cook's mm. Hawkwell, but also crazy. I have students who do, obviously, Koryo. I have students who do Sangguk Shide. Mm. I occasionally get people who do Gokoryo or other things because it's Cook's Hakwa. Mm. And I just have to tell them, honestly, I don't, I don't know if they ever get this from their Korean grad instructors, but I'm like, write what you want in your case, try to connect it to the thematic as much as possible. But I recognize that it might not translate and that I'm obviously still going to grade you on your writing ability and things like this. Mm. But like you do not have to translate it if yeah, environmental history, you do not need to write about 19th and 20th century environmental history. You can legitimately write about um, Korygal people and their concern about this particular resource mm. or and, and interpret that as you wish. I try to give a lot more flexibility. I always get four or five like that every semester and it definitely enriches me both in terms of the secondary things they refer to and mm. realizing they're my colleague students that I don't interact with more because I have my own Hyundai Sa students. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's definitely, and also working on the journal, um, I get submissions where I'm like, wow, I have no idea what that is, but I know who I can send it to. I like. I know, should I say that out loud? Like, but no, you do. You <laughs> yeah, do get yeah. things where you're just like, look, yeah. I, that is totally outside of. And the, with the three editors, we have these things where we're like, looks good, but I really don't know. We really need to talk to someone who knows this period. And that's what that's what people should be doing. I'm glad, but people, yeah, you de- it, it's yeah. weird because you want to be like, yes, I know, but no, yeah. half the time, if it's relative, if it's back a couple hundred years, I'm like, look, yeah, exactly. Why? Who were the readers for this? Not me. I like the fact that you did talk about inventions, like the, the language and the water clocks and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That um, was able to create without, things no, again, and technology. Publicizing colleagues and just shamelessly. Yeah. Um, Chumbuk Day, wow, they've got to be in the range of 20 volumes now. Um, the famous Cambridge project, Science and Civilization in China, Joseph Needham starts it post-war, I think, in the 50s. And mm. it, I remember seeing the original book proposal. He thought it was like a book. It's now 30-some volumes. Chumbuk Day, around 2015, got a big grant, probably KF, maybe some external money. Mm. Maybe a chaos, but a lot of Korean money. And they exactly have um, now in Korean, I think the something like 20 Korean and like 10 English. But I've seen a lot of the Korean volumes, and they're exactly from around Shilhak and then later. I'm obviously interested in some of the more contemporary ones, but mm. even the old, yeah, the Shilhak stuff. Um, there is a Dongyi Bogam book and Dongyi Bogam, and it's, you know, like what Hanwi Hak comes out of afterwards. I love that stuff too, because it's mm. not only interesting for me, but also assigning it to students who are like, wait a minute, there's like multiple volumes on Korean science and technology. And it's like, yep. Yeah, wow, wow, yeah, wow. Yeah. I, I mean, you depending on how, because I get Western colleagues will be like, you can't call that science. Eh, come on. <laughs> knowledge production, knowledge practice, whatever you're comfortable with. But yeah. It's not like, but it's still pretty it, sophisticated knowledge practice. It's interesting to think about the Joseon dynasty in terms of science and production, because I think there's a view that yeah. there, there's not much there or it all comes in with colonization and things like no, that. No, precisely. Sort of, that, that's where yeah. talking to Western colleagues, it's beautiful. Where you can, yeah. I know, I, I can't remember which one this was, but it was one of these um, stellar events, uh, whether it was, 
I don't know, but something that happened in, in the heavens mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and they were doing the looking for Chinese precedents because mm-hmm. you could try, I mean, maybe it was a nebula, you could trace back, and they found out that exactly, just like the Chinese, that the mm-hmm. Koreans had records of their observations of the same thing 700 years earlier, and so the Koreans were like, yes, we saw it. <laughs> and, and it actually tracked with, I mean, it tracked beautifully with the scientific observations, and then when they looked at the Chinese and Korean records, they could then see how people saw it, and then they could do one of these extrapolations on like how it probably nice. evolved. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's beautiful. No, but two colleagues like I, I, um, Max Planck has been great. I've been there several times, but Department 3, where I've been affiliated, is run by a sinologist, so it's all East Asian and other sciences. Mm. But you talk to colleagues. So I know, years ago when I was a grad student, one of the, when I first started what is now an insane tw- almost 20 years and going on effort, I had a colleague, I think, joking, say to me, do Koreans have science? Exactly. Like, wasn't it until wasn't until like, and this was a Japan expert, and I was like, eh. <laughs> um, so yeah. That, but it's still out there, or or better. I had a, I had colleagues who do know this stuff, but don't know what I do. Who say to me, oh, so you're talking about like you do like Korean interpretations of Ming Qing texts, but it's really all just Chinese stuff, and that's. Um, the, the, the other trope is when you asked about homiok. Mm. I would never do it, but I've seen it happen. It's actually kind of funny in a weird way. You get China scholars, both Chinese nationals and not, mm. who come to homiok panels at East Asian science meetings who go in English, uh, you know, that looks a lot like Chinese practice. And you see the Korean scholar going, oh, okay, I'm waiting for it. And then the question is exactly, so like how much of this was just copied? And then they're like, oh. And then, yeah. then you get these wonderful conversations where everyone breaks into Korean, Japanese, and Chinese. And and, <laughs> and, the art, and you can tell the pitch of the But it's really interesting because you get, and I imagine the same for Vietnam scholars. Vietnam, yeah. like Korea, has that same reputation as, well, you're a Sinocentric, so you don't really have it. It's like, come on. Interesting stuff is going on hundreds of years ago. Absolutely. I, I want to ask you about yeah. the relationship between Joseon and China sure. then, because sometimes we use words vassal state, tributary state, or or how it goes. And I've I've noticed that Panjung or like anti-Chinese sentiment is really on yeah, the rise yeah, yeah. at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I've felt uh, it in no, the last uh, couple uh, of abso- years. And particularly, particularly COVID. Yeah. Um, we, we had problems on campus without getting into it where people had to be told to calm down. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it's kind of sad how it's part of almost civic society or civil society. You can say these things. <laughs> you shouldn't really be doing that. Yeah, people were and a little it, too comfortable, particularly during COVID, but with, then, with where are the origins of COVID. But then five years ago, it was anti-Japanese sentiment. It's Absolutely. quickly how it changed. Um, the yeah. the Noabe stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, the relationship between Joseon and uh, and China, the, the Qing and the Ming. How um, do you def- is there, are there certain words that you use? How I was going to say, work? I'll be really careful. And this is no, this is exactly where I would like throw it out to an expert. Yeah. I haven't read it yet, and it's my own guilt. Yeah. Um, but uh, Sixian Wang's big new book on Ming Qing and uh, Korea relations, hmm. um, where he tries to complicate, and I guess the words I've seen in the English reviews are something like recognizing. He, yeah, he hates. I, by the way, if I'm getting this wrong, I'll be getting yeah. an email. No, but I, I think he hates exactly the idea of a tributary system, and it's more about a mutually constructed where there may be this relationship, but Koreans are clearly actively constructing a relationship in a way that is of benefit to them. Mm. Um, mm. No, and the other way, really quickly, I would put it is in, again, like the um, chosen question and the stories we tell ourselves about the present, um, to what you just said, um, and, and, and overseas Chinese populations, not because uh, I've not lived in China, although I visited, Singapore was fascinating. Um, I taught with a colleague in 2009 and then by myself in 11 and 14, the Korea survey. Mm. And I regularly got 
students, uh, primarily Singapore and Chinese, who must have learned some version of that in Singapore, mm-hmm. uh, strong tributary system. So I got things like uh, Korea, South Korea became independent in 1948. Prior to that, they were colonized by Japan from 1910 and by China and back to a certain date. And I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. How did you, where did you get that? Co-? And then yeah. we, we, we'd have conversations. I'm glad you're smiling. Um, <laughs> but I would have, we would have conversations about colonization and whatever we mean by tributary system, mm-hmm. whether we like that or not, but, but, but that it being much more subtle and, and about influence and not and and but I, I had students were clearly like wait a minute they weren't just a Chinese colony from and I, I got that a lot in exams where I was like one of the things I had to disable or try to yeah and, yeah so I so no, what I mean is it's probably still out there in stronger form in Chinese language pedagogy in certain parts of Southeast Asia certainly I don't know what Taiwanese learn but but the idea you're suggesting yeah. from this book um, is that it's not just attributive, but more an active participant that looking would, out that for would be, but That would be my naive interpretation yeah. again, yeah. saying that he this is someone who knows and reads on all the debate. Yeah. His other big project, just to give you an idea, um, and this is not in the publishing, but in his uh, active work, uh, Six has a thing with Kate Balzana at Penn State, which I really like, and I sat in on some of them in Zoom, and I guess they're probably, if you're in California or Pennsylvania, you can sit in on them actively now. Mm. Uh, they have a um, Nguyen um, Chosun network mm. that is essentially saying Vietnam scholars and Korea scholars tend not to talk to each other, but we both read the same classical documents. We are both under the shadow of Chinese history in a particular way, and as you just said, in a certain relationship to China. So they're trying to create this network exactly to mm. put it into dialogue. And at least the conversations I sat in on, have lots of stuff where I was like, I can't. I don't read what you're reading, but nonetheless, this is, this is fascinating new stuff, and they're trying to break yeah. new ground. Right. Yeah, he's definitely – he took over, um, I guess, what was John Duncan's position at UCLA. So he's definitely continuing to – trying to offer a much more complicated uh, version of early modern and pre-modern Korea, if I can use those words. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, no, that's also, as you can tell, I'm, I'm like, I'm definitely on someone else's turf. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's difficult, and, and because people do ask questions about it. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. What, no, what and, was and, going and, on? No, and undergrads hard. are fantastic, because undergrads won't realize that you spent six years studying, like, two decades in one or two texts. Yeah. So, so yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll wonderfully ask, well, what about this period? I, I at least am comfortable with that, answering mm. the generic um, Chosen questions by exactly referring to them, things that I can get out of Duncan, that I can get out yeah. of Wong. And I any of a number of other chosen scholars that I'm neglecting to mention right now. But you get me on Cordio, I know nothing. I mean, I, and I'm, I'm, particularly I'm thinking of Kuxahakwa where I get students who will want me to, and I'm like, look, like, no. <laughs> like, 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 you've just got to recognize in the same way that you're uncomfortable coming. To, um, no, to give you a really quick version of this, I mean, a funny version, I hope. I have a colleague who's still in Singapore, uh, Jinping Wang, who was a Valerie Hansen student at Yale. So I couldn't tell you exactly what period of China she does, but something much earlier where we had a conversation about both teaching the Singapore survey as assistant professors mm. to really quickly to give you where it goes. So the course is called Asia in the Modern World. Mm. And your obligation as the East Asian is, is to teach everything from Minqing, Tokugawa, and Chosun forward. Wow. Yeah. So you can imagine. So, the, but to give you the joke, she was an early modern person, probably, yeah. and she would talk about how she couldn't get to the Korean War till like week nine or ten. I was like, no, nah, I was trying to get to that by like weeks three or four, yeah. and I was really quickly trying to get myself out of. I'll never forget the first lecture, forty-five minutes to do Ming Qing transition, 
Cordial Choson transition and Tokugawa <laughs> transition. And I was like, 15 minutes. Yeah, no, you learned to make huge hand waves yeah. to the undergrads. And then if they had more questions later saying, okay, that's what you need for the exam. You're interested. You're legitimately interested. We'll talk office mm-hmm. hours or I can give you some reading. Yeah. But I was, I mean, I was faking everything until we got to like the 18th century. <laughs> she was like the opposite. She's like, she's like, the minute they got me out of like the 15th, 16th century, I was, she, I remember she came to my colleague and I, um, Lee Sung Jun, the one who co-taught the Korean. She's like, guys, uh, Korean War, like in 30 minutes. And we're like, <laughs> Korean War, 30 minutes. minutes. Come on. That's like, that's, that's like, that's like weeks of lectures. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It depends on what your focus is. And this was a first year survey. You learn that it's okay. Um, I'll never forget the thing that by the time I taught it the second or third time, you get to the late 20th century, um, uh, 78 and Deng. Uh, I, two things I remember distinctly. Always show them Deng in the cowboy hat because they love that. Okay. And always show Bush, uh, George Bush, not the second, not, not W, <laughs> visiting, it's not Koizumi. I've forgotten now who it was. Uh, early 90s when he goes to visit the Japanese prime minister and he gets mm. sick and he throws up. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, not yeah. cool. Is it, is it a dinner table or something? Yes, yeah, so like I'm forgetting that. The, yeah. But what's great is, I'm sorry, I, I'm shamelessly admitting to doing this. You show it in YouTube and you sh- and you show it three or four times and, and you get like 300 undergrads going, oh, but then you, your ratings go up and you're like, yes. Yeah. No, so I learned to show stuff like that and then unpack it. But always show them the image first because that, that's what's that's what they remember. Is it true the first Bush was a it was a prisoner of war under the Japanese? I think I George Bush. Yeah, he was definitely a pilot in the Pacific. I don't know if he was a POW. Yeah, like that's a, I, I. I need to go back and. I, check yeah, I'd that. have to check that. I don't. Yeah. Rem- yeah, I'll be honest. Yeah, okay. I don't remember that. But he definitely yes was a pilot who would have okay. had prior context for being. Oh, my, my my parents were too. My dad um, didn't do combat, but he served. Um, 44 through 46. Mm-hmm. And wow. when I started getting interested in East Asia in the early 90s, yeah. um, Temple University in Philadelphia has a branch campus and still does. Mm. And that's how I would meet Japanese who are coming over for like one semester or two and survey classes. You'd be like, who are you? Mm. Um, so, but long story short, and this is totally politically incorrect, but, but fortunately corrected yeah. my mother. My friend um, Hiroyuki, my mother called him Hirohito when he came over for dinner and we were like, mom. Different, different, different name, different yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't take offense. No. But I mean, I remember stuff like that. I get sort of where it was weird for my parents too. Like all of a sudden, I was hanging around like lot with lots of Southeast Asians and lots of East Asians. Yeah. I can't believe how much language has changed and what's been acceptable. What yeah, was yeah, yeah. acceptable oh, has no, changed so precisely dramatically. And I think about all these comments and things that used to be said when I was in my teens, and I was like, wow, we used to say those things, do those I, things. And I, the conference I was just at, which was on. Um, Korean Japanese technical exchange, largely imperial to after the 30s until present. Um, someone brought up the Bond film uh, "You Only Live Twice" from '67, mm-hmm. and he was bringing up the point about uh, the representation of Japanese women and being sexualized for the Western imagination. But immediately, I had several other people brought up for people who hadn't seen the film. Um, Sean Connery portrays himself as Japanese and does with a little, and it's it's incredibly offensive now. Yeah, yeah. And you, yeah, it was. What sixty years ago? You, I, I don't know who thought it was a good idea then, but it, but they, they, clearly they didn't think it was a problem. Right. right. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing what what is a problem, how quickly it yeah. changes. Before we maybe get to sure the nineteenth twentieth century, you insert like the Joseon Dynasty. Yeah. I don't want to talk yeah. about that. Do, do you have an image of it? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it just like no nothing? Um. Maybe if you ask me the same question like five or like three years ago, I would yeah. answer like, okay, the textbook things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a history. Sure, for sure. Us. And you probably yeah. had to do some preparation for the Sonung. Yeah. yeah. And for me now, some young people would use 
조선시대 as a slang for being too conservative. Like for example, oh yeah, yeah. If your school regulates your like skirt hell, length, hell or Joseon. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about the book. Yeah, my yeah. students do that. Mm-hmm. And if you are school. Um, regulation is like too conservative. Like, mm. oh, is it Joseon Shide or something like that? I like wow, that. you're mm. so conservative. But um, as a university student, I would say that Joseon Dynasty was a kind of a adolescent for now Korea because mm. Joseon learned to socialize with other countries, like just like the child learned to socialize with other people, mm. and we learned a lot of academics or techniques. Inside or outside, so yeah, I would call it a ad- adolescent. Mm. That's quite interesting. The personification of a five hundred <laughs> okay. dynasty. No, and I like being a teenager. I like, I like the connection, right, to the outside and the learning process because that's exactly my advisor was obsessed with how medical books circulated between mm. Korea, China. Well, he was a Ming Qing person, mm. and he well to finish the. He actually said he's like, I'll just have to admit that for decades. We talked about Chinese-Japanese medical exchange, and then we realized finally that the Koreans were in between, and that sometimes they were handling the books and actually like reading them and changing them. Mm-hmm. So he's like, "We finally brought Korea into the picture later, exactly, because <laughs> they didn't realize that the." I get it. You're a Chinese scholar. You're not. You don't care what the Koreans think, but that has changed also. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. We talked about how problematic language and representation in film changed, but just the yeah. idea of Korea—that it was sort of unheard of. When, even, when you no, when you first came, if you remember, like. Did you have a point where you like said, "I'm going to Korea"? How did people react? My my grandmother uh, told her friends very proudly I was going to South Croatia. Okay, which doesn't that's exist. Not terrible, it, but, but I like that. Grandma, yeah, but no, that, mine that was because yeah. you knew I was trying to yeah. set this up. My mother yeah. goes, "That's that's fine," because she knew we wanted to go to Japan for a variety of reasons. It didn't work out. Yeah. So in December '95, I'm going to Korea. My mom goes, "Just to be clear." Um, south or north? And I'm like, "South, mom, south." Yeah, yeah, yeah Which yeah. at that time was a big. Uh, she she really. It took her, but then, like, by the time I'd what uh, been several times teaching English, then as a grad student, she got used to the idea that I regularly flew in and out of Seoul and was kind of mm-hmm. used to it. But yeah. I'll just never forget that South or North, and I was just yeah. 1995. And I, I right I, after I, Bill Clinton it called the DMZ the most dangerous place in the world because of 90. And, uh, um, did you work for a language school? Did you work Berlitz when I first okay, came? What did they give you for orientation? Um, about what do you need to do for South Korea, like to adapt as a foreigner? I, I think I came and they took me for Sam Gipsal and I got drunk. Uh, okay. And I missed my first day of class. Okay. <laughs> we got, from memory, I'd have to check it, but yeah, we got orientation, um, which was Mandu. Yeah. Um, and But we got regular things about you'll be fine in terms of Americans, the way you're treated here. But mm. weirdly, which I sort of get now, um, we are actually going to allow you, please wear a tie and a jacket for class, but yeah. we're going to let you grow your hair a little bit longer because you don't want to be mistaken for a GI in mid-90s. And so, yeah, yeah. So they were very, they were like, they were like, you know, you're fine in society, but like don't any public displays of affection and particularly mm. don't be mistaken for yes. GI, no short hair. And then what we got from the embassy, which I wish I'd held on to, but it was in the aftermath of 94 and the crisis, mm. we got a pamphlet that was what to do when North Korea attacks. Wow. And it was, I, seem, wow. I remember it as being when, and it was basically how to get yourself to a base and get repatriated. But I wish I had, that's like my first week in the country and I tell students now, and they're like, yeah. why didn't you leave? And I'm like, oh wait, in the last part of the story. So this is December 95. There's the U.S. Gingrich, Bill Clinton budget shutdown. I mm-hmm. don't know that this has happened between the time I left and so I go down to um, Kwangamun and the Desa to register mm. and plastic shields for the first time. 
um, yeah. and uh, the barbed wire, and, and the guy goes, uh, "Close today, Naga." And I didn't know the context, so my mom, you know, I'm emailing at that point, and they're like, yeah. "What's going on?" I'm like, "Well, I got denied at the embassy." That I actually found it interesting. I mean, I was disturbed by it, but I found it. And that's honestly when I first got my interest in Korean history. I mean, I was like, "Why the fortifications?" And why are these guys telling me to go away? And then I, later, someone's like, "You idiot!" The, the U.S. budget. The, yeah. Um, my brother worked for years for the IRS. He was um, contingent, and then became what they call like a valued employee, whatever. It was right then that he found out when his entire department was shut down, and he thought he was furloughed and he was going to get unemployment. Mm-hmm. They're like, "No, you're 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 coming in and working because you're one of the valued ones now." And he's like, "Oh my God!" It's he's like, "It's totally terrible. I've now become a valued employee. <laughs> I have to work, and I have to run like the department by myself." And yeah. They're like, sorry, dude, you you were too competent. <laughs> the, the but yeah, so it was, it was very different police. Korea from yeah. the, from now. Military police. I remember they used to yeah. ask my friends because they would walk around like places like Itaewon with huge rifles, like as, and I, they would be checking I, things. I was gonna at say, I do remember it being more. Yeah, the, and also I remember again, it's memory yeah. and apocryphal. But I remember landing at Kimpo, which was then because this is pre Inchon, and maybe not loaded, but at least some guys along the um, airfield with some sort of. Mm-hmm. In some sort of protective capacity where, again, as a first-timer, I was like, what? You know, is this like a normal thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah right, definitely right. a much more visible presence and a little more bristling of a city than it is now. Yeah. With Seoul, now I K-pop, and I have students who think that, oh, my God, my, the Gangnam Square um, with the, the cardboard cutout of Psy. I have students who don't realize that that comes after the song, and they're like, that hasn't been, you know. That, um, I, I lived in Kyode in 95, 96. I used to walk. Uh, Kangnam was nice, but nothing. So I have, students are like, you lived in Kangnam? Like, and I'm like, I did not go dancing with Sai on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, I think the big place was New York Bakery, which is no longer there. And the, the other big thing was there was a Tower Records. And wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, and I was at uh, Kangnam ELS. So we used to go over to Tower Records when we wanted to look at foreign magazines because none of us could read Korean and and they knew that, so they put them mm. in plastic bags yeah. where we try to discreetly read. <laughs> I remember it being so hard to get just like foreign food or drink. Like, yeah. You get oh the occasional like yes. Bud, Budweiser or Guinness yeah, yeah, or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. It's, it's definitely the food scene has changed totally. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. much, so yeah. much. And even um, books too. Kyobo, the foreign section has expanded dramatically. And yeah. yeah, a lot. The, the, the cook chain nature of Seoul, whatever, when friends complain it's not there yet, I'm like, go back to the 90s and it was nowhere. Mm. It, it's changed a lot in a positive direction. Yeah. Into the 20th sure. century, John, yep. mm-hmm. um, Japan colonizes Korea. Okay. Um, is that oh, a contentious I... statement? Oh, oh, no, that it, col- no, 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 okay. it colonizes. No, the nature of what that colonization is, yeah. absolutely. That's that's just what I want to look at. And maybe I'll frame it like this because Korea-America relations is something that you, you seem very interested in. And you, yeah, you, you can't. And I'll, yeah. I'll be honest, to, to, to be like folk, uh, yeah. if I said that Koreans watching Chosen and talking about Chosen is probably talking about themselves, I have to admit probably me getting interested in Korean history is also helping me figure out my own narrative about my relationship to America and American yeah it's clearly about myself and about yeah. my own complicated relationship with America <laughs> I'm trying to turn my, my PhD is being I'm doing the Wongo now I just got the refer, first review back and uh, turning it into a book uh, and that's based on uh, British North Korean relations. Okay. So I, yeah, I'm yeah, doing yeah. the same it's thing. Very, I'm living out to, myself. It's very hard to escape yourself. Yeah. Once you become yeah. aware of that, you, you it yeah. makes your dissertation more of an interesting exercise. It's nice of you to say. Yeah. Uh, give me that uh, reassurance. Yeah. Um, the 1905 Treaty of Portsmouth signed in the United States, does that give control of Korea to Japan? So um, I, I'm curious about sort of one of the questions that I often think to myself is, imagine you're, I'm, I'm not sure what the population of Korea would have been at that time. Um, in the in the early 1900s, is it what around 20 million or something like that, maybe? But then, how does 
a foreign power come in and just say, with, with far fewer people, and say, we're running this now, and that becomes accepted. It, uh, of course, it's a very tragic story, but I'm just curious about how you see colonization coming about, how it was achieved, how how Korean people, this is the wrong question to ask, how they let it happen. Sure. Um, the role of America, the Treaty of Portsmouth, colonization, John, just to open sure. the box. Um, I'm going to try to answer that in two ways. One, which was just listening to your questions and thinking. Um, yeah. One, which is at least a, a crude uh, attempt to uh, talk about the Japanese narrative about how, how yeah. colonization, like sort of, the, yeah, how does it happen? And But then the American side, which does have an embarrassing role with Roosevelt, at least in terms of the perception of that, he essentially signed off for a variety of reasons. Um, but the Japan side, I don't do a Meiji history, but it's a long interest and it's easy to read good secondary literature on this. Um, the perception of... Um, Meiji leaders already seeing what's happening in China. Not that China's ever colonized, because I know that's enough, but that they are obviously influenced from the Opium War forward with mm -hmm. foreigners coming in and Japan not wanting to repeat that. And also Koreans seeing this as well and trying to also resist Europeans, but also Americans with the late 19th century reforms like Cabo. But um, yeah, Meiji leaders, people like Fukuzawa writing about how we have to uh, be strong and protect ourselves in certain kinds of ways. Mm. And as much as it is proper, I want to be careful. Yeah, is that Fukuzawa Yukichi? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah Fukuzawa Yukichi. Um, I can't remember the exact language, but strong nations. Uh, mm. That this meaning potentially dark things for its neighbors, but Japan, it's their own propaganda, but you tend to believe your own propaganda, honestly seeing themselves as a protector of these areas. Um, 1876, Kongwa Do forward, um, all kinds of, the Japanese narrative opening up Korea, but all kinds of um, at least wanting to exert control over ports in certain kinds of ways. Weirdly for what I do, um, this is when they start to bring in from the late 19th century their own quarantine hygiene slash port policies so in a weird kind of way i mean if you really push they are kind of exerting legal authority over foreign ports so the colon i mean in other words you can push the colonization back narrative a little bit earlier mm. if you accept that the ability to do that legally implies certain things um and then i guess also to be honest um beyond Japan and Korea, the fact that there were other countries wanting influence over Korea, so that not that um, in any way Koreans let it happen, but Korea was surrounded by a number of forces external to it that it could not um, really handle individually, let alone cumulatively. Mm. Where was I going to go with this for a second? Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. And if anyone's interested, the big book on the um, hygiene stuff, uh, Ruth Rogoski, Hygienic Modernity, Vanderbilt now um, used to be at Princeton, but it's all about Chinese treaty ports. But it is all kinds of. This is when the Japanese coming from the Germans start to take up this idea of social hygiene again. So ports as ships are starting to move and trade is around mm. a lot more, and telling again Koreans. Um, I think I guess Taiwanese as well. In essence, you'll have better trade. We're just keeping your ports clean and safe from disease and quarantine. Sorry, another echo with COVID. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I tend to read it in those terms that it's a series of incremental steps and. Sorry, one last thing, then I'll get to the U.S. Um, I can't resist. There's a colleague at UCLA who has a wonderful, those are reacting to the past mm -hmm. game scenarios that's exactly the Cabo reforms, but that has some of this stuff in there. And I never had time to play it for a whole 15 weeks in Singapore, but we did the survey. Mm -hmm. We would do like a mini one, two-hour tutorial. Um, we pre-assign all the roles. And I remember being Singapore being Singapore. The first two times I did it, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. They refused to deviate. And I guess in the end, um, colonization happened, variety of things. But the third time I did it, the student who turned out to be Queen Min mm -hmm. and the Ko Jong relationship, <laughs> someone had done some pre-reading, 
and actively stood up halfway to two-thirds through the tutorial and said, I've read ahead. I know it's coming. I know I'm going to be killed. I'm divorcing you. And she, like, walked out. And the whole classroom went into chaos. And I don't remember what they happened, but they overthrew Kojong. And it was, like, totally ahistorical, but it was wonderful because yes. it was the first time I saw Singapore. And I also I had, a, I had a woman who had some sort of a neurological disease where yeah. we incorporated her uh, tied to the computer. To the, and she was, like, the anything that could be said to her could go up on the screen. So she became, like, the rumor mill. And that's maybe what did it. I just remember Min walking out of the room going, I'm divorcing you. I am not dying. So, and no, but, lives. but but again, this <laughs> this playing in Singapore was just wonderful in terms yeah. of because the first two times they were, I remember the first year Kojong was just like I am Kojong and the and Singaporeans were like okay yeah. like no deviation here we will respect you yeah. we'll go right down marching into the darkness of history yeah wow. anyway she no the, 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 it's a, it's a wonderful um, I imagine she has the materials online somewhere let me just tell you one story yeah, sorry, my, no. my, yeah. my one of my professors Chong uh, Kyung he asked us to do kind of like war games he's a okay, military yeah, so, yeah, man yeah, yeah, yeah. and he gave me. <clears throat> He gave me Japan. He said, we're meeting next week and we'll play out a 21st century, oh, goodness. like North Korea. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. I, I was 21st century Japan. And I said, uh, he said, David, what are you doing? I said, I'm reneging on the pacifist constitution. I'm going to bring back the Japanese Imperial Army. And my first thing is to take Korea. And he looked at me and he wanted to not only just throw me out the country, he wanted to Didn't drown me. Did you realize that he set you up? To, I, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, come on. Yeah, let's, it's a game. Let's, let's exactly, play a game. Exactly. Let's, let's say the most outrageous thing. And people thing. have argued that the SDF, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. Okay, yeah. but you want me to come back to the American part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This um, Treaty of Portsmouth, sure. how that works. Um, uh, Taft Katsura. Um, yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna, but I'll give you the context where I, the trope that I'm gonna talk about comes up. Yeah, there's a trope or perception that uh, William Howard Taft, uh, I guess then vice president, his name was up in the treaty, but Roosevelt, mm -hmm. that they sign off and in essence uh, allow the Japanese as part of a quid pro quo to do this. The perception, and it's not totally wrong, has to exactly do with the U.S. role in the Philippines. Right. Um, where I saw this in particular was, uh, wow, I don't remember the name of the room, but when I was at a conference as a grad student at probably Harvard's case studies thing, um, I guess it's a picture of Roosevelt or somewhere in one of the rooms where Carter Records stood up and just humorously said, like, well, we as Koreans should not allow that picture here. Uh, but, you know, and he gives the, the context saying, well, we he's, he's for his negative role, but we allow him to be in there because, you know, Harvard and donations. And um, so I don't know how much that perception is out there. I don't know how much it's active, but certainly – the U.S., A, for its own role in the Philippines, and B, for probably exactly signing off and offering some sort of a, if not an active, you can do this, but at least a passive, you've already done this and we're not going to interfere, um, does have some explaining to do. Mm. Uh, the last thing, was, sorry, I can't resist throwing this out. I think, um, if I've got this right, I always get the details backwards. Yeah, it's, I, I have to check the exact years, but it's Taft before he is president. Mm. Um is briefly um, uh, whatever the equivalent of the governor general for the Philippines, and this is when he makes the famous racialized statement about the Filipinos being their little brown brothers. Um, but just for the conversations about American empire that came out of everything since 2003 with Iraq, mm -hmm. I think a lot of younger people don't realize that. Again, I might have this wrong, but I'm pretty sure I have it right. That Taft was actually the governor general of the Philippines before he became U.S. president, which is just enormously weird and problematic. Wow. The other one that's great, I always use this when I teach this, there's a wonderful picture. If you know famously, William Howard Taft was a rather large man. Mm. Uh, there are apocryphal stories about him getting stuck in the White House bathtub. There's a wonderful picture of William Howard Taft sitting astride a water buffalo in the Philippines. I always use this as a, as a metaphor. Or, or This is this is American power in yeah. Southeast Asia, yeah. circa 1890s or 19, early 1900s. And, you, and this water buffalo is just like... <laughs> He's trading under yeah. the 
Yeah, he he was upwards of three hundred pounds, and yeah. he, which I guess for that time was probably considered hale and healthy. But mm. um, anyway, yeah, going back to the original question, no, the U.S. definitely had its own ambitions in. Well, immediately the, the Caribbean area to begin with, but then yeah, was starting to again. We'll leave the question of Hawaii, what, but definitely had already Hawaii, and then um, the, the Philippines being another. Um, I mean, there's again the, the the other apocryphal story is supposedly William Howard, uh, not Taft, um, uh, McKinley. Mm-hmm. Supposedly McKinley uh, was like basically had to go to the globe and like be shown where it was when he was told like by the way this like we we've gotten involved over there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah de- definitely a U.S. role that. Uh, has to be questioned and also to be honest I don't do strictly like American diplomatic historians do um, the question of American empire but Mm. most of the people I've seen will push it back even earlier to the 1840s with the first intervention in Mexico from that point forward Mm -hmm. America has no longer been the strict defender of (laughs) dominion it's not been about the domestic it's been about the domestic and wow can we grab overseas Mm. which is interesting to tie that American role in with the Treaty of Portsmouth, Tafkatskara yep. Agreement, yep. with the, as we were talking about earlier, the stars and stripes that are waved downtown and things like yeah, that today, because yeah, it's a very complex relationship. Absolutely. I want to dig into it a oh, little please, bit more. Oh, please. Ha- I mean, because I do, I, no, I, I, I'm just saying, I'm happy yeah. to talk about it because they do, you know, with students, um, the Hanmi Hyopjo, uh, not the Hanmi Kwange is yeah. complicated. Yeah, yeah, it is. And not, I almost said Hanmi Hyopjo, which is different. <laughs> Hanmi Kwange. Sometimes misunderstood. Yeah. Are we are we far enough away from colonization period now to be able to look at it with some degree, the Japanese colonization period oh, wow. of Korea? Are we able to look at it with some... As a historian, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. With no, an objective no, no, no. lens, are we? Uh, able I wouldn't. To say that I wouldn't this say objective, happened? but with some distance, yes. Yeah, distance yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. is the better word. Are we able to evaluate it now? Um, I know you're hearing um, your answers, John. A big in science and technology and medicine. I was just going to say. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I've learned to be careful when I explain yeah. things. Even I think I'm explaining them in Korean, and you'll pick up immediately. <laughs> I made the mistake of my first year back in Seoul Day in a class on biopolitics, trying to explain about. The Japanese influence, the Japanese role in certain scientific practices, mm. and I use the phrase in Korean "ilbon dokbone." And my students were like, <laughs> and I, was, "I immediately switched to English and said I did not mean because of the, from yeah. the benefit of yeah." yeah. Um, so no, it's ex- it's still extremely contentious. But yeah. yes, you can talk about certainly the larger um, contours of the political narrative. Where now, where where it's still enormously controversial, understandably, is on a several clusters of issues. Mm. Obviously things like colonial labor and whether or not there should be any form of restitution, obviously on the comfort women. Mm. Um, and then even more complicated, because um, uh, this comes up all the time in our in our grad seminars. Mm. Um, if being quote unquote pro-Japanese slash collaborator in an older language uh, in, in post-Hebang means that your parents or somebody worked for um, the Japanese government in any capacity, how much of that is in Isengman era construction? How much of that is real, in quotation marks? And more importantly, how much of that is still relevant to Korean society today? Still very much open to debate because people with family histories of power in the past tend to be still people with family histories of power in the present. Yeah. But so, no, yeah, with distance, yes. But 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 any but like any immediate resolutions on most of these issues. Probably not, particularly on no the one that I um the the labor situation one mm-hmm. even even leaving aside comfort one which I always also recognize is very important. Mm-hmm. The labor one um there are still you know obviously the people themselves alive, but then also um the next generation where if the paperwork is there and it seems to be you could 
probably argue not even on ethical grounds or just like sort of moral competition, but actual like you actually didn't pay them what they were contracted. And um, that is for, I guess, international courts. What I mean, what I'm seeing naively now is obviously Japanese and Korean courts finding very different decisions. Yeah. And then obviously both sides agreeing to continue arguing. Yeah. Um, but no, I, and also too, sorry, the conversation that happened before we started, um, people who come to the office, I actually have, this actually happened during COVID, I remember it, a guy come by with this huge stack of documents. And after I went through half being like, who are you and why are you in my office? Realized, someone explained to me later, and then he did too, but we sent him to another professor. Um, it was a Zainichi guy, but who wanted to explore uh, his own chario and possible grounds for a claim. And that it was just surreal meeting, realizing that like, wait, you're here, you're alive, you've got all these documents. And mm. um, this, these are, I guess, issues that the current Korean government and the Japanese government still are a long way from resolving. Mm -hmm. No, I'm sorry, yeah. to, to the original framing of the question. Um, yeah, I think in all kinds of ways it can be talked about, particularly historians, I think, can talk about it. I think at the popular level and more importantly, the ultimate uh, legal, uh, actual financial dealings, that's still got a, a long way off from resolution. That's very, do, do historians talk about it in a way that you think is appropriate as a historian? Because I, I I fully agree yeah, with yeah, you yeah. that there is a public level of conversation and sometimes an um, academic it depends. level of no, conversation. No, obviously it depends on where you are and what context. Yeah. Um, the little world that I live in, which is primarily historians of Korean science and technology, yeah. you can talk about all kinds of interesting ways in which Meiji forward uh, Japanese and Korean scientists interact in weird and interesting ways. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, um, my earlier mistake about Ilmon Dokbenei notwithstanding, you can talk about a Japanese role or influence and easier for what I work on. Tons of really interesting people who are primarily fairly elite Koreans who graduate somewhere in the 40s, either from Severance or from uh, Keijo Imperial, mm. who retrain in a variety of different ways right after. Uh, in the case of Seoul Day, where I work, you might even... It's kind of weird what it means to graduate from Seoul Day in 47 or 48 because classes were kind of chaotic. But nonetheless, mm -hmm. you could do that. Or if you're even luckier, you it's until after the Korean War where you have some experience interacting with international doctors during the war. And then you get lucky and get one of these first scholarships where you go and do a master's in public health or something else. Mm -hmm. Those guys are absolutely fascinating because, yeah, you can talk about what did you learn here? What did you learn here? Not that there's any conc um, the, the best example I can give you, I'm, I'm going to blank on the name, but I was just talking about this with someone recently. The first time I got to interview one of these guys with this kind of career trajectory, and it was at uh, Seoul de Pyeongwon, the mm. alumni hall. And I think he knew what he thought I wanted to hear, and probably he'd been asked this before. When I asked him about styles, and again, it is a bit of a naive question, mm. he said that um, he immediately converted to American medicine on August 15, 1945. <laughs> and I was like, doc, right then? And he's like, yes. And I was like, okay, I get it. You're, you you want to construct it this way. Yeah. But what I got from him, which maybe answers your question is, and now I understand this, was that he was very insistent over the course of the interview that he was very proud to be a Keijo grad but that he was a very proud nationalist Korean, mm. which at the time I found contradictory, now I don't. I now get it that there are members of that generation who are extremely, yeah, yeah, I mean, you had to be a, a, a very unusual elite, and it, you didn't necessarily think in terms of privilege, you thought I'm pretty, I mean, yeah, to get in at that point, but then also to, to consider yourself patriotic, loyal Korean yeah. later, yeah. that that is not necessarily inconsistent to someone of that, but it, as an outsider, I was like, I, I'm still wrapping my head around it, but it's interesting. I think it's wonderful that you speak to yeah. people of that era yeah, and yeah. of that time. I, no, I find them absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And as you can guess, they are disappearing rapidly. Mm. So 
they're absolutely wonderful when you can get them uh, on tape or uh, on either film or audio. I had one gentleman on my podcast uh, uh, who I met through Sam Denny. Um, Kim Kyung Jin, if the name I haven't mistaken, grew up in uh, Manchuria in the late 1930s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was in Seoul during the Korean War. So this is what happened. When he when he saw the liberation of Seoul, he asked his mum, he told me this story on the podcast, he asked his mum in Japanese as he saw the Tekuki being flown down the street. Yeah, yeah. He asked his mum in Japanese, what's that flag? Ah, one of no, the no, most no, no. patriotic men you'll ever I, see I, today. No, and he you... survived the Korean War, John. He survived the Korean War by teaching North Korean songs to soldiers. Wow. That And he doesn't find any inconsistencies in anything he'd done because he was surviving. He I... had to get through. And you meet him today, and he's one of the most beautiful, kind men yeah, yeah. you've ever seen. Do, do you know, and I, I'll ask you no. in this too, because do you know who Itigyu is? Have you ever heard the name Itigyu? I, I, I want to okay. Very famous Sorry. Korean chemist, probably if there's a chemistry ward at an undergrad level or high school, mm-hmm. uh, it'll often... And the, you talked about him on your Arirang interview. Is that where I know the name? Did you mention it? Probably. No, probably. Maybe. Oh, sorry. Yeah, probably. Oh, sorry. Cause Cause he, he no, it's fine. Yeah, go, it go, go. comes up all the time. He's yeah, like yeah. the Dapio Chok South Korean chemist because mm-hmm. he comes back and Kaist has a like a couple of foot stab bust ah. of his head on campus, right? Yeah. Um, he is famous for that making that transition when he comes back in the 60s or 70s. Mm. He uh, is one of a rare Korean PhDs in the colonial period, uh, Kyodai um, 31, mm. uh, as actually a professor in Kyoto. Um, and that's why when he comes back here and he's part of Seoul Day's Chan Kwok faculty, 45, 46, 47, mm. people throw things at his door and he quietly leaves before the Korean War for quieter pastures. Although officially it's something about making a visit in the Korean era to America. He's definitely trying mm. to get away from trouble. Mm. But the story I wanted to do to match your story, his son, uh, I'm going to blank now. So he's a lawyer. Yeah, I think it's Francis. Francis Rhee, who is um, passed away just a couple years ago. But when I interviewed him in probably 06 or 07 by phone, was a retired physicist from Lawrence Livermore Laboratory. Mm-hmm. His sister, Teresa Rhee, also some sort of science PhD. But he told me as a, I didn't know the exact year of birth, but so probably eight or nine years old, kid mm-hmm. growing up in Kyoto mm-hmm. when the war ended and he heard the famous emperor's peace surrender he wow. cried because he thought that the, we we lost the war and he said oh i'm telling you this now but he said he said i don't tell uh, he said i don't tell americans because they're not interested and he's like i don't tell korean friends because they, they're not happy with that narrative yeah, yeah. but he's like i was raised essentially as an elite japanese child and then i had to remake myself as a korean american much later yeah. and um yeah uh Itegu, to give you that is uh he's Itegu, he's at re he's aloysis t re he has at least four or five na- public going across his. And then, oh, I know to finish the story. But, um, so he's a postdoc. He's thirty-one Kyoto, so it's probably mid-thirties mm. uh, at, at Princeton. And I wanted to find him, yeah. and the chemistry department had no records until I realized they had him listed as a Japanese postgrad. Mm. And then the other story that's great is supposedly there's a seminar, and this is Einstein comes in thirty-three and he's at the institute, but he gives talks. Supposedly Itegu comes late to a talk, and it's just before Einstein's. Um, just be, no, somebody else is giving the talk. He sees an empty seat in the front and he grabs it, and then someone comes over to him and goes, "Excuse me, that's Professor Einstein's seat because we were saving it for him." <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but I love that that it, this this Korean slash Japanese postdoc sees this opportunity and they're like, they're like, no, <laughs> that's Einstein. That's, that's what Einstein says. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this would have been like 34, 35. The reason ETU ends up in the U.S. is Henry Eyring, who was chemistry professor. Yeah was his postdoc supervisor when Irene goes to Utah in the 30s and 40s. I'm sorry, uh, after the war, 
starting a Utah science faculty for almost nothing. He recruits Itegu comes, and that's why the first five or six Korean PhDs are all University of Utah. And the reason we still talk about this is two or three of them become the first Koreans recruited back to KIST, who become leaders of entire departments under Park Chung Hee, and Korean science flourishes. And yeah. What it, and yeah, it's, that's it's, why whole, it's, so it's, a, it's a weird trend. Yeah, but yeah, it's a weird trend. Right. How much do they get from what he learned in Kyoto? How much yeah. does he get? Uh, it's it's complicated. The more important thing to hear, the, the answer now is Itigo is a Korean scientific hero. His bust is at KAIST. <laughs> that's a good thing. Um, it's good to have it, heroes Talking like about that. his legacy in the 40s and what happened on our, uh, and my campus, too. Um, the first couple years of Seoul, they clearly, I mean, all you have to do is read U.S. military reports. And I, um, there were all kinds of incidents on campus mm. sometimes uh, and then the question there there's still huge debates about what those were yeah. i guess the best the one that i know for sure i mean i don't know how to interpret it but i know what happened for the medical school um you had in new uh, new incomers who for the first time you know why well, have access mm. uh the existing uh keijo maybe third or fourth year who because of the wartime interruption want to come back and graduate and i don't know what they would call it but the equivalent of not the Tehakyo level, but the Chunmunhakyo, Sunmungako um, level of, mm. of technical training for two years. Some of those students want to come in. These three student populations do not like each other. Um, the U.S. government writes, I mean, the U.S. Army writes stuff about like left wing students, student disturbances, but I just read it naively in terms of class. Um, the elites, the ones who are only for two year training don't like each other. Mm. New ones coming in who are testing out because they're smart enough, but uh, they don't. And so what you read is that they will actually like, um, particularly usually the elites are blamed. They will actually close the classroom door, bar them, and say you're not allowed in. The profs start talking. Um, and this, and then the usual, the quick answer is that the mm. Korean War puts an end to that because we need to, st- we, we have other priorities. And we, yeah. but but that heavy tension left over from exactly what were you doing prior to forty five? How much status did you have? What was your, did your family collaborate? Mm. Creates all kinds of problems in the classroom. At least the first couple of years of Seoul Day, I imagine other uh, severance in other places probably had similar issues. I before the Korean War yeah. starts, I'm going to segue. I'm going to pick up on your Einstein and segue. Mm. Um, probably very bluntly and not smoothly sure. at all, but Korean independence was ultimately achieved uh, through Japanese surrender. Uh, when okay, so the we're going to talk, so talk basically Heibang. Okay. I'm going to talk about Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Okay, oh, wow. Which, um, the, the two droppings of sure, bombs sure, on sure, Japanese. Sure, 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 sure. Because y- young people in my classes will call this outrageous. They will have very uh, international students, a very anti-American views, oh, understand, American empire, and, and we have the Oppenheimer film, which is the sure, Christopher sure, sure. Nolan one, which came out, which I just got to see several times. And I can I plug uh, without or um, the, the Korean translation was done by a friend uh, okay. was, of, yeah. of American uh, Prometheus. So it's really funny when I saw the book in Korean, I was yeah. like, wow. And I'm like, wait a minute, I know that guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Congratulations That's, to the friend. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I, yeah, I, also, yeah. I also heard he did pretty well from it too but yeah. i'm just mad it's just kind of cool when you can you're like wait a minute that's a personal connection there you as seen, opposed to the english the kai bird the original yeah, but yeah. yeah. you seen oppenheimer N- not yet but i want to see that yeah. okay it's, it's it's quite a it's quite a long one three three ten yeah, yeah it's yeah, pretty long i'm waiting for dune two i already have tickets oh, you already um, have tickets yeah um okay, okay. because you know it's in the queue thing and i figured it would be yeah. packed so i got tickets because just before the semester last moment of freedom when does it come out uh 28th 28th okay okay um it's definitely on the ticket things for latte and cg yeah if you, if you do the date slip yeah. thing yeah and i got it for like nine a.m on the 28th i'm sorry i'm shameless yeah no do it do it i'll, I'll watch yeah. it when i come back from italy um 
career achieves its liberation, its independence sure. through these uh, yeah. uh, amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. acts yeah. of American destruction. And that's quite a, a strange thing. And what I find interesting about it sometimes is that I've, and I'm, I'm not trying to say this disrespectfully. I've asked some young Korean students, you know, how did how did Japanese colonization end? And I've heard all sorts of answers from like, and John Gun. Okay, yeah, a little bit earlier, but yeah, maybe his spirit. But yeah, but the idea of this huge American okay. involvement and that would, politicized. I, yeah, here, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, no, no question about right. it. No question about Sorry it. Sorry to interrupt, yeah, but, but like, one of the phone just sounded stop recording sound. Okay. So we gotta check. Okay. Should we check? You check yours. Okay. I'll check mine. Uh, maybe it was mine. We good? Yeah, we good. Okay. How did you hear that? You I just I didn't hear I didn't hear anything. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, you yeah, must yeah. have very sensitive hearing. <laughs> um, when did it happen? When did you hear that noise? Like just then? Uh, like three seconds ago. Okay, three, so oh, it wasn't well like done, the big. Well okay, 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 okay. okay. Um, the Sorry, major American involvement. Yeah. Incredible acts of American violence on Japan, but which paradoxically give Korea their freedom. Okay. Do you want me to address just that particular point? or I want you to pick up on it, how you feel is useful or necessary, because one of the reasons I'm asking you sure. all these questions, John, is I also have to go into class. Yeah, yeah I know. Students ask me questions. I know, I know. And I'm just trying to learn different ways to frame sure, these and sure, expressions. Sure. And from a man as knowledgeable as you, it's... Uh, no, but I'll, I, I'll be honest. I answer it in terms of science and technology. <laughs> It's not yeah. surprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, please, um, please. Couple things. Yeah. Um, one, and um, then I'll give the second one, which is more contemporary and actually directly answers your question about classroom. One, the narrative of the six and ninth uh, Hiroshima Nagasaki bombs being somewhat liberatory is long out there and is actually used as one of the justifications for the Korean nuclear program mm -hmm. um, by people like, I don't know if he said it, but I mean, it's associated with people like Park Chul Che, who is head of the first Wonchoryok, uh, the Kunik Wonchoryok Yongoso, the uh, Atomic Energy Research Institute. Mm. It's not that shocking that, yeah, that yes, nuclear energy is destructive, but it's also for a developing country incredibly important. And look, it, it was liberatory. Mm. Um, so that's the one way I learned it. The, the context I wanted to say now that's more interesting, and uh, yeah, again, it's always useful when you have an opportunity to promote other people's work in a good way. Derek Kramer, who's a recent graduate from Toronto who just took a job at Sheffield and will be joining that group, mm. almost as we speak, yeah, because whatever the UK calendar is, he, I know he's there now. Um, his dissertation at Toronto was exactly 45 to the early 60s, the two Koreas, and how the nuclear narrative discursively was sold in both. Mm. So he could probably off give much more detailed answers, but the piece that he just published, one of the first ones in J, uh, Journal of Asian Studies, was exactly about trying to show Actually, it's kind of interesting. I'd never thought about this. He brought in, for the Korean perspective, he found a, a not that well-known Zainichi Korean text from Japan, also not surprisingly um, heavily critical of the bomb and somewhat more in the Hiroshima traditional narrative of suffering. Mm -hmm. But he, but yeah, so I, I guess his answering would be to to, rec to recognize that it's more complicated and try to bring in more of those voices. I, I at least, I'm, you know, yeah, I, and I'm sympathetic that I'm just... It, Historically, we don't. We often have to confront things that we don't like. Mm. I don't know that I would call it the representative voice, or it's certainly not the single voice. But definitely, the version I learned from at least the Korean scientists is that the liberatory narrative was not necessarily seen as a bad thing, mm. and that that's there. And then, as I said, it's definitely used to justify the early Korean nuclear program, which is fifty. Five or 56 is the groundbreaking. Uh, they're famous pictures of it. And 59 is the first experimental reactor, which I think 
as much. I mean, Koreans know from Park Jung-hee in the late 70s, but uh, Lee Seung-man initiates this stuff. Oh, yeah, just a way of, like, mm. building the iconography around it. Um, so it's the Adams for Peace program, obviously, with the U.S. again. <laughs> and that, But what I like is when they do the groundbreaking, the famous picture is um, uh, the circle, and in the center is Chongsong Day, mm. uh, the Korean Astronomical Tower. Mm. And it's, I guess, some attempt to say several thousand or several hundred years of Korean science so so it's not any break in and I like the fact that and because you show it to like students even now and they're like what is that thing you're like stone tower yeah Jones yeah the, but, the chiller, but yeah. so yeah they definitely tried to show some sort of continuity and to what we said earlier I don't think they necessarily saw it as yes this is the peaceful atom but I don't think it's necessarily a problem that that, that we benefited from that just less than two decades mm -hmm. earlier mm -hmm. so it's yeah. interesting that you would look at that as a way of Korea trying to justify its own nuclear development. Um, absolutely, I, I, and it I would, brings liberation. Yeah, it yeah, brings and, that, and certainly with freedom. the with the much more obviously controversial issues with civil society and Korean nuclear power. Now, yeah. it's just to remember the the fact that. No, I, I like pointing out always that it's, it's technically Lee Sung Man, mm. that it really does precede Park Jung uh, Park Jung Hee in a lot of ways, and also too um, that most of that first generation of Korean guys. This is, again, so the complications, mm -hmm. so not answering, just making things muddy again, which historians like to do. Park Tol Che is Japanese trained. Uh, I'd have to look at who, yeah. Um, no, the Kyoto is a major center. Yeah. Itegyu is Kyoto. Mm -hmm. Park Tol Che is Kyoto. And famously, and sorry, this is not a trope to you guys, but it is to, the, uh, I'll explain it in a second. Um, uh, what is his name? Lee Sung-gi, who is the famous North Korean chemist. And the reason people like to talk about this is a famous article called Two Chemists in Two Koreas, the one who went north, Lee Sung-gi, and the one who went to America and then came mm. back to Korea, Itegyu. Uh, and it is not that hard to find pictures of them in the 20s, late 20s, hanging out together as grad students. And then for my university, you can look at the Chaeyoung Kwok faculty from 46, 47. There are pictures in the Seoul Day, um, you know, Shim Yonsa, Yishim Yonsa volumes. Mm. And literally, you can go, that guy went to Kyoto, that guy went back to the U.S., that guy went to North Korea, that guy didn't. So that, it, it was a really weird, complicated, interesting period. Mm. And then I guess for the guys who go north, it probably uh, uh, Sung-gi, it's more obvious because there's lots of documentation on him. Uh, he mm. wasn't really happy here. He, I mean, in, when, with Mi Gun-jung and after, he didn't really like what was going on. He got recruited. Um, but the reason I mention this is the trope in all the old books is um, they were captured or they were uh, – it's usually captured during the Korean War mm. because that was supposedly a way of protecting the families when a lot of them went voluntarily. Mm -hmm. uh, Kim Il-sung was building a version of state science that appealed to a certain – Artists went over, and probably of the people who had graduate training, uh, Kim Gunbei, who's an expert at Chongbuk Day, has said something like certainly more than 50% of the scientists go north. Mm -hmm. It's just not something that you could talk about until recently. That's where all the factories, all the development in Precisely. industry was there. That's where Precisely. Japan had built And all well, the stuff it? that's on the north coast, which would be Hamhong, and then the North Koreans rebuild all the, mm. again, the role of Japanese science in North Korea, um, which they also don't like to talk about. But yeah, mm. and all, for stuff besides the industrial facilities, not the contemporary North Korean nuclear program, but in theory, the earliest North Korean nuclear program probably goes back to that first generation of Koreans who settled there in the 40s and 50s. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Be, I, I'm yeah. going to ask you something. Sorry, the long, long way of... Um, <coughs> I, the, 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 what would seem more controversial, yeah. liberatory narrative is certainly there in the text and you can begin to play with it, but that is the people speaking at the time and you can play with it. In fact, to, to honestly, really interesting for students, mm. maybe find what one of the scientists was saying laid alongside this new Derek Kramer article and say, look, these are very contrasting voices. Mm -hmm. You know, which which Korea is speaking here? Do we necessarily have to resolve this as a do we need a, a homogenous voice here mm -hmm. or can we have this dispute as leaving it open? 
I think you find the more you study that there are very few homogenous voices. That, yeah, that precisely, precisely. And the, then the, the muddiness. And as is you important. know, the question is really: Are we're we talking about contemporary Korean nuclear power, and what should mm. Korea do? Which is a whole other conversation. Any but before we move on to yeah. this next thing, you saw any any questions or ideas mm. about colonization, nuclear bombs, and <laughs> Korean Japanese, or should, do you want to just leave? Sorry, can I tack on? Yeah, yeah, do you know the book? Um, I apologize, I always forget the Korean title. So I have to ask this, but it's in English. It's like the Rose of Sharon has blossomed. It was a famous novel in the '90s that sold millions mm. of copies. I think I just heard of the okay. title. Perfect. Sorry. Oh. I know the book you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go on. Yeah. Did you have anything? Oh, maybe. Yeah. In the last episode, we talked about like history conceived by each other countries may be ah. different. Mm. So yeah. And I thought that history is a storytelling thing, which is like um, if the person who is in charge of connecting the dots and write the history has a certain point of view, then the point of view might be melted into that history. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you about um, Japanese comfort women and dokdo problems might be very different from like Japan and Korea's textbooks right so mm -hmm. um do you think that um asia like especially china japan and korea can agree on the like same history or something like that <laughs> i don't know if you I'll, and i'll qualify it i don't mm -hmm. see that ever happening if you mean by like they'll come to complete agreement mm -hmm. i could see them coming to resolutions on certain issues where mm -hmm. they say okay we have this difference but this is not so significant that we can't talk about it mm -hmm. but on certain major things that's that involve lots of legal implications and again potentially money mm -hmm. uh, if i can throw in a really one quick example when we talked about labor earlier to this i think the main well there are many reasons, but the main reason I can see Japan never agreeing to compensate for Korean labor is when they do the 65 normalization and Japan provides however much money in developmental loans that Park Jung hee uses for all kinds of wonderful projects that now help South Korea. Um, the claim was that it was for the Korean peninsula, all Korea. Mm. The North Koreans do not agree with that. And, and I imagine the North Koreans are still asking for what is our... 21st century settlement equivalent to 1965, mm. potentially involving billions of dollars, but the Japanese are never going to say, like, yeah, 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 we, we agree that we did this, and by the way, here's a big chunk of our economy. I mean, that's just one example. I'm sure there are comparable legal cases pending with China and biowarfare. Um, again, legal, impl uh, legal implications with labor policies. So, like, agree that we had these traumatic experiences? Yes. That we could even talk a little bit about how we see them differently? Yes. Money and 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 people um, getting actually legally held cul as culpable for certain things. I, I think that's going to be a much more challenging one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with regard like the issue of uh, these er these eras, like the comfort women and things like that. I just finished uh, Beasts of a Small Land, Beasts of a Little Land. Oh, I, I mean, a, I don't know it, but I've seen the book and so yeah, yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then Pachinko and sometimes Which I haven't read, but I, that I know about. Yeah. Again, I, I've read those two in the last six months, and I know they're literature. I know they're not history, but sometimes I find these issues get very politicized and very hard. Sure, 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 sure. And I, I know literature is is not history, but I sometimes read these and I develop a greater sense of empathy and emotional attachment to these stories yeah. and it's very easy to be blasé about issues like comfort women and history but sometimes i read it and i'm like oh wow the the empathy moves in terms of this can korea japan and 
uh, China ever agree on historical issues, you said they might come to a resolution. Is one of the reasons that they couldn't agree on something, particularly maybe with North Korea and Japan and South Korea, is it because that the current versions of history legitima- legitimize the current power system? Oh, no, no, no question so about it. Just no, no, mo- no, no, it's no, not no. just money, but yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. No a que- whole foundation no, is no this. No question about it. It's the story you tell, if you really believe it, and we do tend to believe our own stories, yeah. is fundamentally challenged. That forces you to evaluate yourself in a major way and potentially give up power or certainly do things differently. And yeah, not no, not many people want to do that. Does this mean history doesn't actually exist? It's just a collect- <laughs> because you, if there, were, I know it's a ridiculous question. No, no, no. Question, I'll, I'll, but if there I'll, was, I'll a answer real it this history, way. In a, if you know it, because uh, they make everyone read it in grad school, like yeah, okay. the 19th century German von Ranke, and the we look and read all our sources, and we'll ultimately not. I don't know if I would use the word objective, but we'll get to a really close approximation of reality. Mm. I think that is hopelessly idealistic and almost a scientific version of history. I, yeah. yeah, in that sense, I don't think. But on the other hand, I don't also believe in a radical postmodern. It's all power. Um, so I, it, but it's somewhere in yeah, the middle. Some, it's some, not the blind some, men and the no, elephant. Exa- exactly. Yeah, so, not, yeah. No, exactly. No, somewhere you can. There, there are better versions of being closer to a certain number of texts. Where we should be able to sit down and say, look, we don't understand each other. So this is what I'm talking about. Here's exactly what I'm talking about. Do you mm. see and have a conversation about? Do you see the same thing or not? And then start at least disagreeing about at least knowing what we disagree about and maybe some some extent of why we disagree about it. Mm. Uh, in that sense, and I, w- I wanted to throw out one other title, even to, I mean to complicate the Northeast Asia, but just again to promote something because it is available both in English and Korean. If either of you read um, Grace Cho's uh, Taste Like War. Okay, just to mention it, and I want to say it's it is the Korean title, something like Chungcheng mm. Um It she's a sociologist at one of the Cooney schools, but it's been getting a lot of press in Asian American literature because it's about growing up as a Korean American in the U.S., the racism she encountered, and and obviously the taste like war is a reference to her mom's food and stuff like that. Mm. Um, it's also a little bit controversial because, and this is more, but an interesting way, because her mom eventually goes into dementia and her mom's experience as a Korean migrating, she's very big on almost saying that like, I don't know if she says the American experience caused it, but it's definitely there's an implication about the parents and some part of the experience definitely does not is not healthy for the mother. Mm. Um, but that's exactly why it's really interesting in terms of almost. So, so I mean, adding even even the Asian American experience, um, the book has gotten a ton of publicity. Uh, I taught it to, to grad students at least because they could handle some of the. Wait, what was the other thing besides the mother that I wanted to bring up? Okay, in any case, but the, but the, yeah, no, the idea that tastes like war, um, mm. that trauma actually has psychological and perhaps even physical manifestations that also then add to the layering of how do different individuals experience it. Um, Cho is clearly saying very strongly that trauma can actually have real physical and mental manifestations and that's mm. where I, don't, I I have to admit when I read it the first time I was like psychological I don't know about physical but but she really wants to push that narrative yeah but perhaps the way yeah. we're raised everything inside us affects how we yeah. see the world I, how I, we react I know what events. I wanted to bring up the other reason it's controversial but it's exactly interesting to this is her brother and the family has specifically come out very strongly despite the book winning major awards in the US is saying not that it's wrong but we as a family want to be private and we do not agree with our oh, yeah wow. and so like when i first read it i had posted it on goodreads so i probably read the english first i yeah. skimmed through some of the korean um, i got this immediate feedback in my little inbox from the brother saying something like so he must get a tick something when when posts go up and he was like we do not agree with this account it should never have been publicized that's basically saying this yeah. is our mother's private issue. Yes, she has dementia, but we never should have. This should not be it. For, yeah, 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 for, yeah. This should not be published. Wow. So, I mean, the family dispute itself has 
Yeah. I know what's going in my book yeah, no, basket. I, I, I need I to read say, this. Yeah, yeah I said the Korean yeah. translation is done by a colleague who's a friend at Toronto, and okay. that's why she did it really quickly because the the book won. I don't know. But I want to say it didn't win, but it was nominated for the National Book Award, one of the major. Although now I yeah. perhaps think I shouldn't read it because based on what the press, now, no, now I'm I'll, caught. I'll it's, say it's this. Muddy. Easy way to come, come back to your question. Yeah. I read it saying... I have no, and I have to reread it probably two or three times. I read it, but I read it the first time coming away with, I totally get and understand her. I mean, what she's trying to convey about her experience. Mm -hmm. As a historian, I have major problems with some of the things she says, Mm -hmm. but that's exactly what makes it, which made it interesting. And it clearly is an academic sociologist saying, this is memoir slash uh, sociology by experience. So I don't think she's trying, no, she's definitely not. I'm not in her target audience. Yeah. She's trying to target uh, ethnic studies slash uh, sociology and does a wonderful job. And that's exactly why I used it with history grad students at a class on memory and reconciliation and trauma mm-hmm. to talk. And I think we came away with some of those. Yeah, like you don't necessarily have to be historically accurate to in any case. There were, there were definitely certain points where I felt she, I, I, you know, the usual the historian's questions. Dates, names, places, a little more specificity here. Mm-hmm. But the, the but the sheer wonderful the, the experience she conveys is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes that's the most important thing, especially when we're we're far removed and we don't experience yeah, things yeah, directly. Yeah, yeah. We need other people's experiences more than we need dates and names no, and, that, and numbers. And As a historian, you're, 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 you know, you're bringing up Pachinko is wonderful, and maybe that's why I've held off. I've dipped into it. Mm. I really have the app. I have the Apple TV series on my queue. I just haven't because I know. I know I'll enjoy it. I'll know I like it, but I know it will also, at certain points, have things where I'll just be irritated because of yeah. professionalization and, and the instinct to be like, yes, but. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's nice to put away the academic mindset yeah, yeah, for a no, little that, bit. But, like, yeah. No, that's, I've, I've said to my um, uh, parents when they were alive, but also to my brothers and sisters, that they don't realize that it really is hard to have normal conversations sometimes because, I know, COVID, sorry, <clears> like, um, because yeah. they were, well, members of the family who clearly had a different version of Trump would be more sympathetic to Trump and the usual uh, well you don't know any more than I do and I was like actually I actually kind of have written about this and I, I kind of actually do the history of public health yeah, <laughs> like yeah. so I actually do kind of have you beat on this one and this getting this uh, it's hard to say that at dinner table distrib- yeah, you can't really pull up your PhD PhD then. whatever yeah 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 um, the yeah. I, I'm going to keep going sure, here no, this with, is good. with you John yeah please um Charles Bone Steele and Dean Rusk. Mm. As far Names as I you understand, rarely hear except in that one context. Yes, Go ahead. exactly. Well, yep. I'm sure many know this story, but some yeah, yeah. will not. They get a copy of National Geographic magazine. Okay, I didn't know the, I didn't know the text, but yeah. Uh, they've they've not been to Korea, but nevertheless, they've been tasked with dividing the land. Sometime tonight, please draw up a line. Draw up the line, and so they open it up. They get a ruler, and they decide that America should have Seoul as the capital. Precisely. Uh, and they'll it's give in the, the industry. Zone, yeah. They'll yep. give the industry to the north, and and they draw a line across it. And Frolix intends to prove that line is still it's the line. It's, it's performative. I mean, they don't realize that it's supposed to be temporary, but yes, yeah. the gesture has long-term implications, which we are still living with. So we have the American. By the way, I think America has done fabulous things for this country over the years, and, and it helped it. It's done some but bad things as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, e- yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I just want to make sure that I'm not going to come off as uh, some card-waving tanky. But nevertheless, we, we talked about the 1905 agreement, sure. and now we have the division of sure. the Korean Peninsula. Sure. Enacted the agreements between Stalin and the U.S., but... Those two American people draw the line, yes, and there it is. And now we have two and, careers. Uh, so really quickly, as we jump yeah. forward, um, and I'll see what your que- and open it up to the question. But just also remembering that 
that's August, probably a few hours before the August 15th or just after. Mm-hmm. It's the American arrival is not till like September 8th. To give the Soviets credit, they could have kept coming. I mean, they, they at some point, yeah, they at yeah. some point did say, okay, great, we'll stop, because they did not have to do that. I think they could have easily have taken the peninsula. Yeah. One of the ideas, because my students yeah. asked me, why didn't Stalin keep going and take it all? Like, one of the ones that I've thought of or I've read somewhere was that he knew that America had the bomb, but they didn't yet. Um, there are mixed. I was going to say, what okay. you hear about is, um, I mean, is again, coming out of the Oppenheimer context, is that it, is it Potsdam is the last one when Roosevelt is still ill, but there, anyway. Hmm. Uh, no, maybe it's when, because it, it appears in the movie, yeah. too, when Truman supposedly, or at least they refer to it, when Truman supposedly slips to Stalin that they're working on something is supposedly when the Russians already have spies, and they're kind of like, mm-hmm. and in the meeting, they're like, okay, great. But in the private, they're like, yeah, we know. We know. And you didn't tell us, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but we well, kind of we know. No. So I mean, on that level, they couldn't have seen the demonstration yet. But the, which is also now people argue that it was directed at the Russians. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, on that on that level, there was a lot of documentation at least that shows that he probably had some information about what was going on. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what, what was the what, sorry? What was the question to go beyond that in terms uh, of the, the line is drawn? Bones, the the line ask, is drawn. How much is the American role? Or yeah. yeah th- I'm always curious about the American role on this because it's easy to paint it as the savior and it's easy to paint it yeah, as yeah, demonic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, demonic is the wrong word, but um, as a nefarious actor based on empire and self-interest sure, with sure, little sure. understanding of Korea. But what I find interesting is you seem to have a much more nuanced view, as you would expect from a historian, um, the American role in, in dividing the peninsula and, and then how it's adopted this southern side and it's one of the very few countries in the world now that does not recognize North Korea. I mean, right. Britain because has for, an embassy up there. For all kinds of rhetorical and Germany, sure, sure. And, you know, the rest of the world is like, generally, we don't like North Korea and what they do, but we recognize them and we yeah. accept and, them and, diplomatically. And to be fair, and you've probably done this too, I've interacted with North Koreans in other contexts where after reminding myself, oh yeah, this is not the US, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You're yeah. allowed to talk to North Koreans when you run into them in Southeast Asia, the UK occasionally, and other mm-hmm, places. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. No, I'm just trying to think of how to answer. In creating the, two Korea, the yeah, U.S. role. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll say this. It wasn't really the precedent because the, the press, I mean, like more when Vietnam comes, that it, it's already a precedent. But just at least probably. to be fair, I mean, and recognizing that it's, yeah, it's not either or. It is both problematic but also understandable. They meant it to be provisional. Um, there are the famous um, four occupations of only which two ever get talked about. Obviously, Germany, Japan, but also Austria and Korea. Austria's denazification it doesn't get much of attention because it nothing. It does. It's not like Korea, and they're still mm-hmm. following up on it. Um, but and then recognizing they said that other Cold War sites do have the contentious politics, which continue Vietnam and a few years later after '54, East and West Germany for a long time. So yeah, not wanting to give credit to America, but just recognizing that this was a common. Let's do this temporarily, kind of thing. Um, then we'll get to the uh, all the screw ups in a moment. Um, no, the other thing, I don't know what it's exactly the same time, but I remember being introduced to it in a grad class, and it does appear to be legitimate that the Russians did make a request for parallel. Well, if we're going to do that with Korea, how about Hokkaido? And because they already got the Kurils, and well, yeah. that's still an issue with the Russians and the Japanese. And apparently, the Americans being like, no, because I remember the prof saying there could have been a North Japan. <laughs> um, but so yeah, the, the the things were more contingent, on the table, flexible, and that we couldn't. Uh, yeah, not that it's worked out beautifully in Germany, but that it did eventually. Mm-hmm. 
and that was Koreans were really interested in that in the 90s. So wait, that's all the, the more trying to get the thinking. Um, the negative, um, the Americans knew nothing about what was going on on the ground. They had very few Korean language speakers. Um, the famous, what is it, uh, Cairo Declaration in due course. Mm. So, yeah. Um, and then the stuff that I look at, which is more fun if you want to play with it, um, the Americans are preparing for post-war scenarios. They have uh, the School for Military Government, which is University of Virginia, which is 42, 43 onwards, and you can actually look at the curriculum. They have these things called the Civil Affairs Training Schools, the CAT schools. Mm -hmm. um, similarly, they're preparing officers for rapid training for the occupations of Japan and Germany. Korea is not on the table. The people, of course, you get for Korea are the people who are trained for Japan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. then produces the interacting with either quote-unquote Shinopa or Japanese who are asked to stay for a few extra months, which Koreans are not happy about. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, they were some kind of interesting, weird preparations. And again, for what stuff I look at for medicine, you can find who trained and where. Um, William R. Willard, who was head of Nikunjung Public Health, trained at Yale. And if, sure enough, if you go to the library, you can find him taking classes at Yale because he was a Yale Public Health grad. Mm -hmm. um, the other one I've seen only where I, you know, it's like where I know and then speculating. Um, colleague who, student who wrote a dissertation a couple years ago at Seoul Day, and I was in on the Shimsa, mm -hmm. but then I, the name struck me. A woman named Ada Leek who wrote a book called When Americans Came to Korea, and when I was came across it as a grad, it's like 50, 60 pages, wonderful yeah. pictures. It's the only book I've ever seen in English on. I was an officer in Migunjung. Wow. And I, and yeah, exactly. And so it's a cool little book. It's hard to find. It's like mm. Pine Hill Press. Mm. But she was a Stanford grad, uh, mm. trained for Japan. And as my, the student pointed out, which I didn't know, she was in charge of censorship in newspapers in Korea, like in 46, 47. And it's really cool again. So honestly, I mean, the answer, this is better. Um, Willard, Yale, Leek, Stanford. They were making it up on the fly. I mean, mm -hmm. not to mm -hmm. absolve them in any way, but Leek especially was kind of like, yeah, um, um, so I'm in Korea. And I'm supposed to – I imagine she had interpreters telling her and helping her out. She probably had a little bit of Japanese language mm -hmm. and tried to do the best job that she could. I've never seen anyone historically go after her. Mm -hmm. um, people do go after Willard occasionally because he's the, the head of Mee Jung and the, some of the public health policies, they said, are strong echoes of Japanese precedent. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, you would you – would, not that you want to be like other colonial empires. You would think that the U.S. could have talked to a few of the people who had been in the Philippines. <laughs> and the other famous thing they do is you, um, they, they go to lots of missionaries. So I think it's – I forget which of the Horace Underwoods it is. But one of the Underwood family is brought back up high in what becomes the Ministry of Education precisely because of all the lengthy, lengthy service with uh, – not, not then Yonsei. Then I guess Chosun Christian College or Yoni mm -hmm. College. Mm -hmm. So there is some tapping of experience. But, yeah, you would have think they would have done more of talking to the people who had been here for lengthy times and yeah. one, one of the name which I can't resist because he's um he's no longer with us on the planet but he's one uh, Samuel Moffat the Moffat family that does mm -hmm. uh, Songshul Day and again I forget which because there may be more than one Samuel but Samuel Moffat who was then retired and hanging out near Princeton near the Princeton Theological Seminary oh my god wonderful man who let me interview him for like two hours when I was mid-grad school but mm. good. he left I don't know if he was 34 with the Shinto Shrine controversy or 41 because of obviously what's coming, but he had this teenage memory of living in Pyongyang in the 30s that was like dead on where he could tell you where this was, this was. Yeah, he, I know he also is funny. He's like, yeah, they still invite me back, but I don't go because <laughs> the family was seen as having a legacy. So he, yeah. But capturing that stuff, which is why reading Don Clark's uh, Living Dangerously fascinated me, mm -hmm. just recognizing, too, that there's a whole generation of both Koreans and others who have a very different world. So I'm not answering the question. Long go back. Um, it's, it's, sorry, historian, it's really complicated. Yeah. <laughs> and 
I guess no. I, I know where I'd like to do with it as a historian. Yeah. I'd like to see more Americans have this taught as part of the university or even high school curriculum. Or at least what I yeah what I because the usual historian wants to revise or recorrect. Mm. I learned obviously Korean War only, uh, and largely a positive salvation narrative, mm. and I'd like to see that complicated. Mm. And also, I'm surprised professionally, and you can tell me if you have a counterexample. Uh, regardless of whether you agree or disagree with it, most people know Cummings' Origins, Volume 1 and 2, mm -hmm. which is still largely from my perspective about the war, even though he has Ming and Jung. I'm still waiting for a 500-page book on just August 45 through September yeah. 48. And as far as I know, it doesn't exist. That I've, Yeah, um, I, I, I never, I knew nothing about Ming and Jung um, coming into grad. So that's where, along with my undergrad interest in Japanese friends around me, coming here for English language and being like, wow, embassy, barbed wire, why? Mm. It was first coming across Mi Gunjung and realizing, wait a minute, there was this entire occupation that I was never, t the John Dower um, Embracing Defeat, mm -hmm. uh, the master book on 42, 45 through 52 for Japan. I don't see in Korean language or, or in English or native language a, an equivalent of, here's the complicated book about these three years that basically locked the two Koreas into this complicated history. Yeah, I'd love to see some young, ambitious person, not me, <laughs> write that write that dissertation in that book. Um, I still think, yeah, I still think there's a ton of material there. One, you you know the photo, but one of the uh, narratives or the way I play it out in some of my lectures is I show the, uh, you know, we've done through the Japanese occupation, the colonization, sure. the dropping of the bombs, etc. And I say, and then the Japanese flag is finally yeah, lowered. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You can hear the students getting excited. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he's going to get his yeah. freedom. And they go, and then the American flag is raised. And then they, okay. you've, it's uh, not, you not. No, I'm saying it's not that wrong. And yeah, I, the one I do is, I don't know the picture the exactly. It. I okay. think it's Seoul. But there's a picture of it's a Haybong. The governor building. Yeah, there's a picture of a, of a yeah. Oh, yeah, the governor's general. Right, yeah, yeah. right. There's, but there's a picture of the Haybong celebrations, which is exactly August 15th. And they're all like, yeah, that's the one. And I show that one. And then I'm like, well, that lasted about a couple hours. No, and then a couple months later things got really complicated when the yeah. US and the Soviets decided that they were going to have a temporary commission to discuss these things. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's so unfortunate yeah. sometimes I think how Korea has been victim of all of these great power Geographically politics. Geographically and temporarily it's, it's yes. situated in some really complicated and, and still is. Yeah. It, it is yeah. and that's why it makes all its achievements I think all the more remarkable because yeah. I've said it before but it's much easier to be a democracy in Western Europe and things like this here to have survived and, and to have done all oh, yeah. that it's and even, done. Is... Even comparatively, uh, uh, having lived in a couple, well, particularly in Singapore, recognizing that a number of places, while they don't have the exact same history as Korea, had similar, uh, wow, um, well, obviously Taiwan, um, mm. and the late 80s transition with the Kuomintang finally allows some opposition to emerge. Singapore, which still has never changed and largely mm. has maintained nominal democracy, but all one-party rule, Indonesia, and we just saw an election last week where, although he's trying to portray himself as part of the solution, mm. um, yeah, many numbers of countries in the East and now Southeast Asia with a similarly cold or embrace of authoritarianism and then now since the 80s figuring out where they are. Mm -hmm. In that context, Korea is both typical, but also, yes, like Taiwan, one of the few to seem to have emerged into a, if fragile, fairly healthy democracy where opposition might mean you get slapped on the wrist or even jail time later for financial transits, but you mm. no longer execute your opponent when right. you take office, right, right. that these things seem to be pretty stable in both places since the 80s. And yeah, and ta Taiwan being the other primary example. There are some exceptions, but does Asia, the yeah. region you're talking about, does it prove to us that um, 
it's not the case that you become a democracy and then you get rich, but rather if you have some good leaders, good authoritarian leaders, you can get rich. And then once you become rich, you'll have people with you know, affluence and their values will change and then they will demand freedom and democracy. If, so no, the, the American... As I say, if you're, if you're asking me whether or not I support some formulation of developmental <laughs> democracy, I would say it's not... Has, has there a been, historian. Yeah, has there been a temporal pattern where that may, it may give that appearance? Sure. Would I agree that that's causative? I, I, I don't think... No. I, I, the, the, what we used to teach this in Singapore. It's mm -hmm. funny, um, especially when I think that my colleague actually could have been controversial, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. He used to take... Um, Forgotten the exact date, but it has to be early '90s because it's in the context of the Cold War. Lee Kuan Yew's famous piece on Asian values. That's where he did the argument with Kim Dae Jung. Yeah, precisely. Foreign policy and argument. he yeah, used to yeah. have the Singapore yeah. students read Kim yeah. Dae Jung alongside um, uh, Lee Kuan Yew, uh, because mostly he wanted Singaporeans to realize that it wasn't just all about Americans and uh, outside uh, Europeans criticizing Singapore, but actually another Asian leader. Mm. And we, the point was not exactly right to resolve that, just to show that there were very different viewpoints on this, and we did. No, it, um, I'll, I'll translate it another way. Not that authoritarianism <laughs> works, which I definitely don't want to come off as authorizing. No, no, but no. that strong investment in education, certain things that are conservative but that have all mm. kinds of social capital, strong investment in education, um, strong system of legal things where people can follow and see pretty much what's going on. Mm. Um, those things do tend to foster a certain amount of social capital that it's enormously beneficial later. Yeah. Um, Korean, the, I mean, the best, um, how I, re no, another, since we're, nice way of both autobiographical but historical, the getting the purely interested, the, the, the Korean kyo yok yol, uh, education fever. I remember YBM, uh, 96, when I first started teaching in January, 6.40 a.m. till 8.10 a.m. morning classes. And I used to tell my Singapore student, yeah, you know what it's like because you're doing the split. You show up to class, and I don't know how you feel as a student about this. And I was like, they'll never show up. And then except for one or two people coming late, Every morning, I had three or four Ajishi who were Chabal guys, mm. and core that was the hardcore college student class. Mm. And I was like, showing up, let them eat during class a little bit, show up for, an, and then they go off to university. And I, that just blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then again, that's why I got interested in history, and I, I now know what that's about. It's like you know, and these, and I, these also I was meeting some non-elite, but I was meeting lots of Sky students too if they were coming yeah. to YBM. Yeah, but um, those classes were really, really interesting. Just like. I had the wow, same Wow, what the thing? hell are you yeah. What are you guys doing showing up at 8, 6.40 in the morning? 6.40. We got 6.45. Okay. <laughs> it was bad enough we that was, I had to show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like I remember getting say, up at 5.30, yeah. They would be there. They yeah. would be well-dressed. They would be there and they'd be, thank you, well-dressed. Some of them would be hungover. Yeah, yeah, of, co of course, of course. I like the addresses that would come in and open the window because they knew they were going to fart a lot. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that was weird to that, too, is if you had a, like, um, uh, Sorry, well, that's a Japanese word. Um, the the, the Chebol guys and the students together, if you did yeah. like debates and things, yeah. sometimes they wouldn't because of the Korean hierarchy a little bit, but then you'd have to get to do the, this is a classroom, it's art of it. And then you, and then you get some really interesting conversations where I realized now I wish I could go back and like tap into some of those 90s discord. Um, I think it was pre-IMF, uh, pre-IMF in this case. So I just remember my generic student end of semester thing being that every student wanted to graduate, start their own company. Mm -hmm. There was total optimism about the Korean economy, no wooden spoon, <laughs> no. And I, that IMF just took care of all of that. Mm -hmm. My students were all like, I'm going to graduate. I'm going to have my own company. I'll have an apartment. I'll yeah. have... Yeah, it's just so weird. I tell my students this now and they all go, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, it's, it's a lot tougher now and I re readily appreciate that. But yeah, that's how I got interested historically in. So, so yeah, I, I, that, I'm sorry. The original point was the education and investment and things like that as opposed to authoritarian, but recognizing that that's, 
almost like um, uh, more. I don't know a, a familial model, not to be paternalistic, but that that those things rather than authoritarianism. Yeah. Do, this is going to be a huge jump on the way sure. over here. Well, you, you, Yunso was saying. It's not every day I get to meet a Solder professor. You were talking about students Sorry. before the. Sorry, go ahead. That's just no. It, uh, let, me, let me let me explain the. I have a friend who is a uh, former Solder professor who is now at um, Hong Kong University, and he regularly likes because I am the foreign for, yeah. foreigner in Solder, and particularly in Kusakwa. He refers to me as the national historian, and I'm like, dude. But so I'm like very, it's it's sensitive, but it's funny. It's okay. What's, um, I don't know if you can yeah. speak about this, but what's, what's Solday like in the classroom today? What are the students like? Oh, wow. Because I can, you were yeah, talking I about, talk about 1994 that, sure. and sure, everyone's sure, sure, optimistic. Sure, sure, sure. What's it like on the ground level? Uh, just in my department, in my own experience, yeah. um, I think students are bright. I think they're well motivated. I'm su presently surprised that they continue to show up in cl my classes. Yeah. I mean, like after the first week or two, like sure enough, they come, but they keep coming back. Um, I think they are far less optimistic about um, job prospects, about the future. They're certainly more concerned about. Yeah, you know, one of the things they talk about. They're obviously concerned about the moon, moon transition. Um, they're not, as Westerners seem to think, concerned about North Korea all that much, mm -hmm. at least not verbally to me. Mm -hmm. They're definitely con con worried about the Korean gender divide. Mm -hmm. um, young men and women seem to be more and more at odds with each other about what their roles will be. Mm -hmm. um, they're not concerned about, as the government seems to think, the fertility question itself, but more their own individual case about, again, family, gender, how are the two genders going to or, or multiple genders going to fit together in a futurist society. Mm -hmm. um, well, they're, they're really interesting people, and I really like talking to them. It's just the, the funny trope. I mean, I'm bad with this, so I'll, I'll put it. If you know the bad drama from just a couple of years ago, Sky Castle. Yes. Yeah. Which was exactly. So I will occasionally, usually early in the semester, be like, week two at Seoul National University, a Sky University. And they all go, uh, and I'm like, I start laughing because I'm just, because I, I can tell they know that I'm being, I'm trying to sell the, I'm like, wait, are you people not all future Seoul National University graduates and you're the elite, mm -hmm. elite and you will rule the country and the world? And they're all like, yeah, no. So, I mean, yeah. they seem to be much more grounded in a good way. And almost, to be honest, I hate, almost a little more. I, I, I sometimes tell them, you're 22 or 23. You shouldn't be like depressed. You shouldn't be depressed like a middle-aged man. I know what that's mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. No, they, I, that they do occasionally strike me as a little bit too dark. But no, they're, um, they're really interesting. The last thing I wanted to say mm -hmm. is the most interesting ones, the, the student body. I was also at Seoul Day as a, what did they call me? Kyoan Yongguan, uh, 04 through 06, because yeah. they couldn't officially uh, take, well, without me having done a 15-year PhD, they couldn't officially take me, and so I was like loosely affiliated, but I had KF money. Um, that campus was sufficiently non-diverse that I remember occasionally being on campus once or two days a week because I was at Sogong and I would just come down for seminars. Mm. Um, so you see another foreigner, you'd be like, who are you? What department are you at? Mm. Handful of people. Um, obviously, I don't know, but I'm guessing the percentages are more like 15, 20%. Um, we definitely have Cooksaqua regularly, China, Europe, strong Sinology places, so like France and Germany. Mm. Um, grad students all the time who are fully functioning in our department. Um, one or two foreigners per department. So I like, I mean, it's more diverse than I expected it. And the yeah. ones I really like, and uh, other professors talk about this too, are the particularly, because we don't get too many South America and Africa we get but that's more like science scholarships you'll see kids who are getting the uh, KGSP money but in class for me it'll be like Central Asia mm -hmm. I get lots of people obviously Kazakhstan Uzbekistan mm -hmm. you know the mm -hmm. history but Kyrgyzstan uh, and so like people are like four or five languages 
ethnic Korean, they might have a little bit of Korean, but otherwise you can tell it's been learned. Yeah. But like the the most wonderful students, where they're so funny, they'll come to you after class and they're like, "Yeah, I'm struggling. I'm getting like an A minus, and I <laughs> suck." And you're like, "Dude, you're gonna graduate all day. You've got like five languages." Um, you're doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, you need a little help with your English writing, which is, I think, why you're here to talk to me. Fine, we can do that. But, like, look at the big picture. <laughs> and I can, no, and a lot of them really do, obviously, do, they want to then either parlay it into a job in Europe with Korea or obviously stay. And mm. that, what, it, just in terms of teaching, they're just like the most wonderfully motivated people. And they just have really interesting experiences that are, again, I think they're useful too for the Korean students to recognize that this is competition, but don't necessarily see it this way. This is actually one of the futures Korea could have in the right way if you play your cards right and, and just be a little more foreigner friendly and not see it as competition. Mm. Yeah, no, you can tell. I, I, I like I like my students for the most part. Mm. Yeah, it's a tough one. This has never happened before. No, it's okay. I mean, I'll let you, yeah. Um, I'll come to this point. Okay. Yeah, 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 all good, all good. I don't think the students at Seoul Women... What I like about it sometimes is when you have these students, especially from um, Central Asia, like Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan. Sure, sure, sure. F fascinating looking people, to yeah, me, yeah, by yeah, the yeah, way, yeah. sometimes. I know, yeah, I'm not allowed I've to say that. No, but before I came here six years ago, it would have been like, you're not... Exactly. Now I have a much better... I can almost now tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the aesthetics of it. But yeah. then you see sometimes these people openly say... Career is a brilliant. I want to live here. It's safe. It's rich, and things yeah. like this. And and then you see the I know, I know, next I know. to them, Precis and like, precisely. this is hell, Joseph. I want to get the hell out <laughs> of here. Precisely, precisely. And you get this, they get a different view of their own country. Precisely, and it's good that they get that, either if they disagree or not. But it's good that they see it. Yeah, that I'm, people are willing to come here and wait a minute. They'd be happy to take your spot. Yeah. yeah. Does does that perception of um, Seoul National University sound right to you? Like they're all sat there depressed. The, the <laughs> Maybe depressed isn't the right word, but certainly, yeah, yeah no, sorry, so, yeah. certainly they're, they're far more sober, yeah. both literally and figuratively, than, uh. I, than, I, than I remember myself being at that age. Mm. Maybe they are like, I just simply thought that when I was in high school, they are just the future of Korea and yeah. they are elites and they got all they I think they, they thought want. that too before they got yeah, in. Yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> but after hearing from you, so... I thought that, oh, yeah, people from Seoul National University may have their own concerns or even more than us because they are more um, not ignorant about the future. Then that, then, and then that's why they got into their university, top mm -hmm. elite university, mm -hmm. because they know their strength and weakness or concerns. So, yeah, that's why they can cope through another problems maybe lying ahead mm -hmm. maybe because i'm ignorant too ignorant to be like concerning my own I, future yeah, I <laughs> yeah i don't know if i would use that word but i know they, they, they definitely <laughs> internalize a lot of they, they stress out way more than i think they should it's a luxury mm -hmm. maybe yeah, to be okay. able to stress out yeah. like yeah, I, I don't yeah, know yeah, there's, yeah. there yeah. may be something in that I, I, yeah. I, I, to translate another way too just as being academic i feel like they have like graduate level concerns at the undergraduate level whereas mm. I remember undergraduate once I figured out what I was doing as being largely enjoyable and they yeah. could, I almost want to tell them every once in a while like get outside and, and yeah yeah go and party go and play and, yeah. and just get through the degree that, that's and I guess also COVID thing. has done some of that I realized mm. as you your experience that I had a couple some students when I came back in 22 I recognized that wait a minute you've had like two years and you're a junior here but you've not had a classroom 
Yeah, I for me that was I was the three semesters of COVID. I came back fall twenty two, mm. and I didn't say it to them, but I told my colleagues they're like, "How you doing?" I'm like, "I'm doing okay," but I'm like, "They're freaking me out. They're in the classroom. They're right near me." <laughs> and then slowly I got used to it again because it was it was I went from December. You probably did the same December yeah. nineteen until September twenty two. I didn't yeah. have a class in the room with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that first semester was like, "Whoa!" They're they're like they're like they're like breathing up on me here. Yeah, because yeah. I had like forty five in a classroom that was like sixty spaces, so I had no empty room. They would come in late and right in front, and I was like, "No, you can." Go away. <laughs> it, was, it was my own coping with it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we, all, we all go through it. I was yeah. so happy to be back in the classroom. I did well, I am, like, I am now, I too. Like but the... that first couple of weeks, I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was to the studio. I was like, please come here and see no, me. Okay. Let's go. I, I, I was definitely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, there's still some masks going on, which I yeah, think is interesting. Um, there's still a, a particularly lot of even last this past fall, 23. Um, mm. My grads, particularly, um, you know, small seminar, but still 15, 17. Yeah. Um, yeah, not necessarily even COVID, but right. So someone gets a cold, or they've just been, and they don't want to. So like particularly November, December, exactly. Yeah. I noticed about third to half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I have to admit, I haven't. I didn't see. I took it off. Uh, so I did teach all of fall 22 and partly through the spring. Yeah, I started taking it off this fall, and then depends. But yeah, you you yeah. at least you're aware of it. And also, again, good to know that you're in a health system where you can get a shot quickly if you need to or treatment if you need yeah. to. And everyone can do their own thing, and it's not really politicized. If somebody wears a mask, nobody I was can. just going to say, yeah, that's it's... the weirdest. Um, having, let me think where... No, no one really um, went to the UK briefly last fall. No one did their voice really said it to me, although I was being exceptional. Mm. But definitely in the States, I'm very aware of this. Yeah. Is, I'm, I'm saying something automatically by even getting off the plane this way. Yeah. yeah and absolutely. people kind of look at you and you're like, okay, deal with it. As, well, I always do. I tell people, I'm like, I live in Asia. <laughs> as if that explains everything. Yeah, I grew up liking Michael Jackson. He will bust. There we go. Um, as a historian, are you confident about the future of Korea? Like, how, no. How, how so? Yeah. How so? Did, you spend most of your time looking backwards, I would sure, imagine. Sure, sure, sure. Right? Looking towards the future. Yeah, we don't, we, 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 don't, we don't do policy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but just <laughs> as a, on a general individual level, when you see the young people, when you oh, see okay, the sure. A lot of the media is doom and gloom. Uh, sure. Extinction level birth rates. Um, uh, TFR, gender lowest divide. in the world, number one. We're yeah. quite aware of it. Moon we believe me, this is, comes up at the university all the time. Suicide and, and sometimes... One of the highest OECD... Yes, I yeah. <laughs> I actually was the external on a Canadian dissertation on this recently, and I can honestly... He graduated, he just got a job. Mm. So, I mean, this, this is now a topic for so, social scientists, yeah. I, I think the Heljoson narrative is a very easy one. Yeah. It, but there's a very real one. There's, okay. It's not to say that these problems don't exist right. it's not to say that they aren't there but in general your take on on the future of career is um, it facing some real existential problems is it doing no, all I, right? I, I think or? I think it is um, the two that you just mentioned uh, low fertility um, lack of social resources for people with psychological or otherwise of issues which then mm. sometimes is linked to right uh, outcomes that are not good like suicide mm. uh, even things like again also tied to fertility um, uh, I don't know how to call this formally, but like a, a relatively high level of necessity for foreigners to ingratiate themselves to the culture as opposed to the other way around mm. when accommodating also, particularly for, again, so maybe Southeast Asian populations, South Asians. Mm. Uh, but on a positive way, I, I, I weirdly and totally unjustifiably, given that it's not historical, am optimistic in the sense that mm. for all the Bali Bali, Nelchelson, um, and maybe I am extrapolating too much from my own personal experience. I just find this place utterly fascinating. Mm. Um, it's probably why I've spent way too much time here. But no, let me try. Yeah, let me try to think of why I would justify it. No, um, 
positive aspects, uh, even though it's incredibly painful and particularly things like the Sunung system are insane, but nonetheless, a, an excellent education system, good healthcare system, um, that that when I look at societies with comparable things, I, the social problems are there, but I don't see these as being uh, undoable uh, problems that can't be mediated on some level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the, the single biggest thing I would say, and I'm without definitely I'm not a sociologist, but on the low fertility issue, um, I have, yeah, easier way, defer to someone else's answer. Um, no, I have Korean um, uh, female friends, particularly who work on this, and whenever they, it comes up in the government's latest incentive scheme, they just start laughing because Obviously, at some level, there needs to be a major conversation about gender and how to incorporate more women in all kinds of work. And, mm. and at some level, Korean men and women, but particularly Korean men, need to have that conversation. And that's not for me to do. But that, mm. but, but, I, but I think to answer the question, I think that can be done and can happen. Mm. I'm and just it's not a financial government thing. No, really, I, I'm, it's I'm, a conversation. I, yeah, I'm just I'm just amazed at like on the and I want to be careful here because I don't want to criticize my employer where I'm relatively happy. But like I am amazed at like on university level when I look around and see how few women faculty we have. Mm. And this is a regular conversation we have. And clearly there are some parties that are on board with changing that and there are other parties that don't see that as a problem and that itself is probably part of the problem. Again, mm-hmm. I th- But again, I think that change can happen. I always joke by telling my students, look, I'm an older white guy. I know my situation is weird being here. Hopefully one of you will re- replace me or even as this is a designated foreigner line, at least bring in a foreign female. But we need to be moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more yeah. female representation in these spaces. That, I, I no, think. so that's the way of tying those issues together mm-hmm. maybe. Like, yeah, it's the usual is what? The one child, cost of schooling, cost of the apartment. The, 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 but that, that at some level, maybe even the people in the government need to recognize that and to recognize that it is about how to share across gender lines the care of that child and that, that it's, it's not like people like I hate children <laughs> it's yeah it's busy and it's really expensive and you have to make careful choices and people are clearly making those choices based on the calculus that has been set up and that calculus needs to be reconfigured yeah, yeah. Um, the usual answers I hear about extra pre um, uh, uh, daycare and maybe a little better access to school it clearly does not seem to be moving the bar mm-hmm. it seems to be larger structural issues that are going to have to yeah. Yeah. yeah and i'm sorry like europe i'm i have to admit i'm bad this way too because i do not have kids and i but at some point korean men need maybe they need to play a larger role in child care these kinds of things probably mm-hmm. are going to be the only way to change things it, it, there does seem to be falling birth rates amongst other countries oh, yeah, yeah. as well but um, they have like immigrant is, populations to hold them yeah up and, although but but similar the most the closest demographically japan is definitely going to hit the same kind of aging and low right mm-hmm. low fertility um much of Asia is, I'm trying to think of places that have similar, um, not the same, but Singapore also has low TFR. Um, I would imagine Hong Kong and Taiwan. Mm. And again, this is where you, I definitely don't, but I get asked because I've worked on it. Um, this is where you talk about the legacy of family planning. Was it too good? I mean, too effective. Um, that, possibly, yes, but, yeah. that, but that's a really complicated thing, too. Right. If there was a gender conversation taking place you and so what would people have to talk about is there like a big gap between men and women today mm. i mean particularly you... younger men and younger yeah, women yeah, i yeah, just feel yeah. it in my students sometimes when i bring this up they'll get really quiet mm. which which i interpret as wow <laughs> <laughs> for me i graduated from girls high school and went to women's university so okay. i may have like a little bit biased sure, opinion sure, about sure. that mm. um i think that most of my friends are not very willing to marry or have a child. I've been hearing that. Yeah, Mm. because they do not want to give up their career for forming a family. Precisely. Mm. 
because they had studied hard for their university. And at university, they also study hard for getting into elite company or desired job. Mm -hmm. And if they form a family, they should partially or entirely give up their career to be a mom or a husband or a wife or something kind of that. So younger people do not really feel a need for that because um, career or a university company money is the thing that lasts mm. but but family the sense of love is too um abstract thing wow and, is there yeah. a cynicism like sort of about divorce and love and it, it doesn't like it's not real anymore um i guess love is real until 2024 now but <laughs> <laughs> But that felt like uh, <laughs> something in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that more, um, I guess I'm a materialistic person and the society is getting more and more materialistic. Mm, so yeah. we value another things more, maybe. Mm, yeah. yeah, and I've, I've been hearing that mm. Korean businesses are doing more and more adjustments to the single patron meal, mm. single patron hotel visit, mm -hmm. um, recognizing that more and more Koreans are. Um, a friend who's uh, Paul Chong at Harvard is actually writing a book on Korean families, and a big chunk of it is exactly how Korean society is dealing with these suddenly um, more and more hi higher and higher amounts of single populations and recognizing that this is a demographic that is probably going to continue to grow and be, form a major constituent of society. Mm. If the West is talking about accepting different uh, family or right, orientations yeah, 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 across yeah. sexuality and, two and yeah. things like this, all the variations, then one of the variations that might be accepted over here is that this is just a single person family. I, this is what they do. I will like, only say that in a positive way to me, who for whatever reasons, mostly because of education, made that choice, I rarely get asked. And people, whereas in the West, uh, in the US, I always get like, hmm. get like, variety of answers that indicate we're sorry for you you're how unfortunate i'm like really no, not that bad i have extra money and i travel a lot and i enjoy my life you can go to the cinema on february yeah, yeah, 28th yeah, yeah, and yeah. watch june too Ex exactly <laughs> i i don't know what to tell you no my, my, my family my brothers and sisters the three out of four of us are like that yeah um and nothing because my parents were happily married for 40 some years but nonetheless wow. i think we about three out of four of us like to roam the planet and um mm. my older sister thankful to her did the trend uh, the traditional thing married four kids i got the vicarious the four kids yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's i have four nieces story. and nephews yeah. um who um not so much now that they're older and they've graduated mm. college but nonetheless for a long time i was always like the weird uncle who was at a remote and mm. um yeah, no, but I've, I'm sorry yeah. to go back. I've yeah. gotten the vicarious experience, and yeah, I like yeah. it. But I, I, I'm sorry, the line, it's bad. But I always used to say, it's great, and I like hanging out with them, and then they go home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I take my hat off to people who can really deal with 24 hours a day. I can imagine a partner. I cannot imagine myself with children. Um, I just never mm -hmm. could in the past. and Because I, I, I occasionally got to that moment, it was like, eh. <laughs> And clearly, I've always made the choice of, no, I don't want to deal with that. Just I, said, I said education. I always, I always opted for, wait, free money, more education, and I get to travel? Sure. Yeah. We just came back from Vietnam where there were eight of us, my family, my sister-in-law's family. Okay, well. I was going to say, hopefully so not. We, 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 have, we have two kids okay, each, that, and the wonderful okay. thing about it is sometimes you're hard on your own kids, but you're really nice I know, to the I other can, kids. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. they get the best of both yeah, worlds. Yeah, yeah. They still get spoiled, but, yeah. but they still get that. 
Um, yeah, children. John, just to yeah. just to close this up, I think um, just two questions sure. before we run out. Sure. Book, movie, documentary recommendations oh, well, well, for yeah. people. So it doesn't necessarily no, have no, no. to be Korea, but sure. What should what do you want people to watch, read, or listen to? Okay, I am going to tie it a little bit to Korea. Because by the way, I've yeah. seen your Facebook. Yeah, you, yeah there's yeah, a exactly. lot of music and yeah, everything yeah, exactly, coming exactly. up. And, um, yeah, you're good. But I'll say at least for Korea, and I'm going to blank on the title, but at least I know the authors. Um, a, he's written other articles in conjunction with a scholar based in Korea named. Um, ah, sorry, this is where your brain. Um, Glassman and Che. All right, I'm going to get. Jim Glassman at UBC, a geographer. Mm. I'm uh, Young Jin Jae, sorry, I think about mm. it. I, who was at Seoul Bay? I'm not sure if she still is, but also a geographer. And they do these wonderful attempts to understand 60s and 70s, big chunks of post-war Asia. He's a Thai expert. That's mm. why he works with her for Korea. Um, Asian economies in spatial terms. Where it's really interesting to me is, and why I recommend it, and that's why I said I apologize, I'm going to blank in the title, but I'll describe it. Um, they do really good things on like, the Chebol history is business history, but looking at how the Chebol are using the money available for the Vietnam War and other things to create certain spatial rearrangements through things like logistics and shipping. So if you're Korean and you want to understand how things changed between about late 50s and the 70s, Glassman is fantastic. So blanking on the title of this book still, so I'll just describe it. It's at least 600 pages, and it tries to do most of these uh, uh, Hong Kong, Taiwan, mm. Singapore. It's not like this modern city's transformation in Asia or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but, but this is more it's specifically in the context of the Vietnam War and he oh, calls okay, it like okay. the emergence of a trans-Pacific elite class. Okay. This is where I have to admit it's not strictly historical. Yeah. But the Korea chapters and the Taiwan chapters are absolutely fantastic when you yeah. read uh, and I have to admit I mind them for the footnotes mm. uh, in terms of what it gives you and it's largely about the actual military participation mm. but then he actually spills over so like you get really good mini histories of like Hyundai, Hanjin uh, and many of the other places that would have benefited from the subsidiary effects mm -hmm. of participating in a war where there are huge amounts of subcontracting available. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, I'm already making it, it's hearing the pitch. Not light reading, but like if you want to read it, I mean, get get like a quick mini and like just dip in, it's mm. fantastic. And the other thing I can't resist, I have a friend at Manchester, Jamie Doucette, who knows Jim, whom I've never met, but just mm. know him through networks, uh, um, who said uh, that the book, which is like this, I'd say about 600 published, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. he gave Brill like a 1,000, 1,200-page manuscript. He's like, you're only seeing the edited, cut-down version. Wow. I'm like, okay, can I see the raw version? <laughs> but but again, um, if you're interested in post-war Korean history, it's a mm. really good book to dip into. Let me think of it anyway. You said books, music, film? and. Yeah, no, I mentioned it earlier, but because I, I don't know if a lot of Koreans know, but Tastes Like War, Grace Cho. Yeah, I read Again, that. Again, Chun Wimat or Aimat. Mm -hmm. um, I really like it. And the, the, the fact that I said my students like the fact that it was now available in a Korean translation from last yeah. spring. Um, let me just think of any other movies. Wow, it's been a while. Okay, I'm bad. Um, and this is old, but I have to admit, I came here and I liked mm -hmm. the late 90s um, Korean films, when it was, the Korean film industry was just figuring out that they could be weird and a little mm -hmm. bit independent. So I know lots of Koreans have seen it, but maybe younger Koreans haven't. And I always, it's a terrible movie, but my, still one of my all-time favorite Korean movies, and especially for when I was listening and learning. Yeah. Um, I'm going to blank. Um, the English title, obviously, Attack on the Gas Station. The Korean title, Chuyoso Sagon, or Chuyoso uh, something yeah, yeah, Sagon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I love that movie. Okay. I mean, it's not, obviously, an intellectually <laughs> deep movie, but I like the little... You've got the Beidol delivery guys. Yeah. 
You've got the guys taking over the gas station. Uh, you've got it's it's it it is I am a, a come on it's a movie about IMF Korea and the yeah. reconfiguration of society. <laughs> excellent, excellent. We write them down. And also, no, I have to Go admit on. that movie just because it's like when when I was first I learning seen, Korean, yeah. every yoke, and every like. Panmal or Panmal yeah. like like when they first the very first scene in the movie like they're all getting together and ready and they're like gotcha you just you, it's very good on picking up informal Korean mm. for even beginning I was I watched it like ten times I was like wow I can actually understand like sixty yeah, percent of this yeah. it's good picking up swearing I think from the dramas and oh movie. No, yeah. no question about it and I the other thing I um, context when I, when I was at Sogang um, the one of the reasons I switched from Hyundai was Hyundai had um, not negative for people, but language. Um, had a lot of uh, kyopo, and so I was always getting English. Sogong, like once you're past the first or second level, is all handful of Americans, mostly Japanese and a few Chinese. So you pick up lots of Japanese yoke. In addition to <laughs> hanging out with people who can't speak a word of English, it's beautiful. You have yes. so Sogong, particularly Kansai Japanese. I oh, like I, they just forced me and dragged me along, kicking and screaming up all the because because you just hang out with them and you have to speak Korean. Yeah, I can imagine Yunso trying to watch this movie. <laughs> oh, so what, have you ever Attack seen Attack on the... on the Gas Station? Which one? Attack on the Gas Station. Not yet. No, that makes me happy. Exactly. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. like, my students, too, they're like, oh, that's before I was born. I'm like, yes, it was like 97. But it, it, it briefly had a cult thing in the U.S. in the early 2000s mm-hmm. as this is a Korean, you know, like Korean animal house slash. Okay, yeah, right, yeah, not yeah, into yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And it, it, all it is, it literally is. They attack a gas station. Mm-hmm. But... Instead of getting the money because there's not that much there, they start figuring out. Wait a minute, like we could like force the customers to pay us and take over the cash. Yeah, so it, it, it is about po- no, it's about post IMF Korea and people yeah. figuring out we have no more future, but how can we reconfigure? And then it gets worse and worse because the Beidou guys get pissed off because they don't pay for the Chinese food. Mm-hmm. The police come in and it all gets chaotic and very formulaic. But the first forty minutes or so is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's a way to make yourself feel old. If you ask undergrads now whether they've seen Parasite or anything, they're like, no. Oh, really? That's, okay, at least that's old, old. That's no, old you know for why, them no, now. You know why old day people like it? Because uh, the rich people are the good guys. No, not just that. Because yeah. the line in the movie where he's making, what is it? He's making a fake. It's On paper, it's a, they show it to Beyonce. Yeah. But he says Oxford in the English thing. Okay. But if I remember correctly, the yeah. Korean is Solday, even though it's Yonsei. Uh, okay. He says Solday, and then in the, the, the translation says Oxford. Because I saw... Darcy Paquette talk about that. He said, mm-hmm. yeah, we had to make it Oxford for an international audience. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. Solday, and the Korean's like, yeah. yeah. Even if it's Yonday, it's Solday. Is, I'm pretty sure Solday is the Korean word that comes out. Yeah, excellent. Solday is good enough to be faked. <laughs> what Sorry, university yeah. did Bong Joon-ho do? Bong Joon-ho do? Yonsei. I ju- Yonsei? No, it's weird. Okay. I just had this conversation the other day. Um, really quickly. You that no, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, yeah. I'll tell you why. Because we were talking in the Japan thing about different yeah. filmmakers and their background. And I said there were only two people from Sogong. And one of them thought it was Bong, and it's not. Who are, who the Sogong teachers always talked about? Park Geun-hye because she was a grad, mm-hmm. and uh, Park Jonok was, and that's where all the Catholic imagery comes from. Uh, Bong is Yonsei. I didn't know Park Geun-hye was a uh, Sogong student. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I want to say I'd have to do her age and figure it out, but I want to say late I was 60s. With France, oh, there are all kinds of there, no, France, there are all kinds of myths about it. Um, yeah. I don't know how much it was mythic and how much, but they would always say like. Um, you know, that he sent her nearby because um, Sogong and Catholic so that she would not be bothered and she'd mm. have a nice little Catholic education. And the other joke, I don't know if it's true, is that if anyone who could, I, it has to be a trope and not real, who couldn't, po- who had to know who she was, but nonetheless, if a guy approached her, there was not just the priest, but a KCAA guy would come up and say, 
yeah, 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 Andre. Like, don't even talk to the, so, so, you know, hence why she's had the single life and wow. that literally no one was allowed to talk to her and she had the Catholic education. I don't know if it's true, but Sogong liked to say, like, you know, we don't absolutely love her, but she was one of ours. Yeah, fascinating, yeah. fascinating. And you know he liked Sogong economists. That's by the 60s or late 60s or 70s. He's a whole bunch of Sogong faculty mm, on his, mm, on mm, EPB mm. and other things. Because oh, Sogong was really big on um, PhDs. Uh for the stuff I study, mm. um, Sogong briefly in the physical sciences in the late 60s has more scientists or PhDs than Solday or Hyundai. Wow. They're like, I don't know if they were considered leading, but they were like yeah. really smart about targeting people and hiring them. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. As, as we close it, yeah. Yunso, like three hours ago, we were talking about your uh, your eye surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Seems, <laughs> it seems a long time ago. Any, any, any closing comment, idea, suggestion or something, Yunso? Oh, yeah. It's a very cliche question, but... As a professor, yep. as a historian, yep. do you have any um, recommended studying methods or like, um, <laughs> or like um, approaches to history to young people? Okay, um, I'll say this. I don't know if it's going to be helpful because it's not going to be. It's a little bit abstract, but I would say at least for me, and I think it's true of many professors, and you can say whether or not you think this is true, I think my students think that their goal or their obligation is largely one of memorization and giving back to me what they think I want. And that is partly true, and that you have to have a basic mastery of certain facts. But I always tell them, tell me what you know, which is that first one, and tell me what you think. Mm -hmm. I think the second one, they don't believe me. They think I'm trying to out them or lead them down into a, a trap. And I'm like, no, no, no. I honestly, because, okay, this is what, yeah, there's a better way of answering it. What I've learned is that Soul Day students can memorize, and I had the same experience in Singapore. Mm -hmm. If I don't encourage number two, what I get are 40 exams that are largely mm -hmm. not that different, ex with the rare exception of someone in a bad semester or someone who's super bright, mm -hmm. and that it's really hard to grade them, <laughs> to make it pragmatic on my end, and that it's when they tell me what they think, not that i grading them on evaluating, I don't like your thinking, but as I always tell them, and I think I've been pretty good on this, you can write an excellent essay where I totally disagree with you, but if you're fairly convincing, I'm still going to give you a high grade. Mm -hmm. I just don't think they necessarily believe me. But mm -hmm. anyway, that's, yeah, that's my short answer is tell me what you know but also tell me what you think and so to them like I, I imagine that I don't need to say much more about number one I think Korean students are among the best in the world of doing this mm -hmm. it's having the confidence to articulate your views and recognize that you are allowed to say what you think and maybe even push back against something the professor said mm -hmm. I but again I, I know I know and I know even students who listen to this might be like yeah yeah right um but I would just say do it I I, I like the fact that I have some soul day students who do it um and no this was I've taught at two major Asian universities it's been an issue in both places mm -hmm. um getting just really good everything I taught them in notes oh and then they sorry the other thing this is a Singapore story but in a good way to wrap not this hasn't happened in Seoul but in Singapore where we had similar the weirdest of the British former colony with the Confucianism, big exam hall, all watched, no notes, unless you gave them like one index card. We had students in my first Korean survey class in 2009 who did study together, who did the heavy memorization thing, who cited the same text, the same passage, the same footnote, 
uh, for text that we hadn't assigned, so they clearly looked at it. And my colleague and I, we greeted, we were convinced they cheated until we did what you do, which is we looked at the exam hall, mm. realized they sat in different parts of the exam hall and probably could not have communicated, and we realized that they all probably memorized it together when they did the study session. And that's a good way to wrap. We were like, we even told them afterwards, really great. It's great that you really did that. You differentiated yourself from the other 60 people in the class, but we thought the three of you cheated. <laughs> like, like, be that good, but also put some of that effort into your own views and thoughts, and that makes it even more interesting. It was, yeah, if we had not had that map, we would have had to accuse them of cheating or something because we were like, what the, like, like this is too weird. And exactly, we figured out later that they had a study group. Mm. Yeah, like, memorization is great, but it has its limitations. It's, yeah. it's utility only takes you so far. Mm. I think, John... Thank you for telling us what you know, and thank you for telling us what you I think. I hope I did a little this second, but yeah, thank you. And this is no, this is fantastic. Thank you. Take a break, John. Okay, relax. That was brilliant. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah, thank I, you I really very enjoyed much. that more than I thought. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, actually, I'll be honest. When you said, I mean, I knew time had passed, but when you said earlier, like we're almost so, that what's what time is it? Four o'clock. Okay. Three hours. Again, that did not feel like. So just yeah. stopping, <laughs> just mean, because in case know, got more saying, people coming in. But I'm saying you, that did not feel. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah cool. th th that's the idea of it. I, I I could just sit here and listen to you talk. Mm -hmm. I just like getting to getting to know people, I, I, and I find perf that perfect. After an hour, people start being themselves. Do you know yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I don't know what, but I definitely was very uh, self conscious at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, after exactly. a while, you just get into what you do as a, you're like, you okay, I can ramble about on this. I, as I told my, no, I told my students very quickly. And, um, I can't believe they pay me to do what I do. <laughs> That's what I tell you. Is it it? I say the same story. Because I'm I like, because I'm like, look, if you didn't pay me to do this, I'd be out on the street accosting random people and just, <laughs> hey, do you know? <laughs> yeah. So like the fact that they pay me and they occasionally like let yeah. me to like, uh, now I just starting from last fall. Uh, because of Tanner and the other one, uh, and they must have popped up on some list, I started getting asked to be like the external foreigner on some of the Korean Fulbright externals evaluating. Mm. And that's even weirder. But the weird thing is in a good way, and sorry, I'll, add, yeah. um, I'll tell you in a minute why I'm pointing to you. Um, in, in a good way, it was less disagreement than I thought. But the other thing I learned from, I've done it twice now, mm. both for senior Koreans wanting to go abroad and also for the ones who are just postdocs, 60, 40, 70, 30, the women are so much better. Yeah. That's why I pointed at you. Like I, well, I learned quickly. It's weird when you see it in yourself. You're always like, oh, I must be the best candidate. The watching it on the other side, we're almost always like, it's almost always like, we recommend the two women and the guys the backup and mm -hmm. these other guys like, because the guys are awkward and they just hem and haul. The women are like, this is why I'm, especially the younger women. They're just so much. I'm really impressed. I don't know if they, if they, I don't know, and I suspect it's not the way the actual they're awarded. Mm. They probably have to do it like 50-50. Yeah. But, but the candidates always. And I told my one of my female grad students saw this. She goes, mm. she goes, I, she goes. We know this. She's like, she's like the Korean government just doesn't recognize. I, it. I see it at Hanyang University. Obviously, yeah, yeah. so women's is different. Yeah. But I see it at Hanyang University too. And one of my students, she told me a really interesting thing. Now they have to do like AI job applications. They oh, do right, it with, right, right. This and was, she said that the women pass that at a higher rate than men. I'm not believe quite it. sure why. I can believe it. But that's happening. Just in, in the Fulbright, it's 10 minutes, and the women right yeah. away make a strong impression. The guys, and I would do this too, are like, well, um, um, they, by the time eight minutes are gone by, they've wasted But they're it. even, I'm talking about the computer ones. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, even yeah, yeah, when yeah. they have to do the computer before the in-person, yeah, yeah, yeah. women pass that at a okay. higher rate as well. I buy it. I was thinking I, I was It just made me down. realize how lucky mm. I am to have an academic job. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I didn't get to see the other interviews, but yeah. The ratio of women guests I've had on this podcast in the first 74 episodes, I reckon I'm at about 60, 40. Okay. Women, men. Which hasn't been intentional. I haven't okay, that's what I wondered. No, I wondered, some kind of like I wondered whether or not gender bending yeah. objective, no. but I, I think it's what. No, and as I was saying, that's nice. the whole day we're yeah. like, we're really extremely aware of. Um, 
at least in my department, I think yeah. we're, we're getting, well, we did hire. I don't know the result, but I mean, I know it'll be one of three. I have a second female colleague coming, but in the six years I've been there, I've had one female colleague only. And in six or eight job talks in between, I've seen, with each with three candidates, I've seen like, until this latest round, I've seen mm. like one job wow, talk. Wow, wow, Someone wow. is weeding them out in between, yeah, consciously or unconsciously. That's not good. No, when we've talked about this, when they bring it up, in fact, the mass, the big in-one day meetings, people mm. are like, uh, really uncomfortable here. But it's like clearly, no, it's clearly at some level, mid-level admin, mm. uh, there's a whole core of guys who I'm going to be positive and not re- regard as you're consciously doing it, but mm. at a certain level, they just can't see yeah. these women as their future colleagues. That's sad. I've, let's yeah. keep positive for yeah, the future. Yeah, yeah. Let's get yeah. Sajang Lim in here because oh, I'm not sure if he might have another. Yeah, no. but th- oh. thank you. This was fun. Thank you, John. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Let me know when you pop when it pops up. Or yeah.